take your sword that it should be on the mic and put it on the mic. Let me turn. Yeah. Hold on. Let me turn on PC. Oh yeah. It's on the mic. I just want to vent about my Hollywood job. Okay. Let me let me settle yesterday. in. Let me push the mic back. Let me scoot in. Yeah. Let me stretch. Scooching for the last. Let time. me grab a beer. Linda, can Our you grab me a beer, scooch. please? The final scooch. <laughs> All right. Let's. The last scooch. All right. I'm ready. What's going on? So, I'm sweating. <laughs> I'm already sweating. Our COO mm. at the Paramount Motion Picture Studio. Okay, so maybe this won't go into the podcast. No, it's fine. Okay. Um, yeah, you're not editing. <laughs> that's the rule to that. That's right. Uh, have I ever said on the mic that I work for Paramount? I think I have, but I mean, many times. I think okay. it's, yeah. Um, We've all done a very poor job of not talking about where we work. I know. Over the 100 episodes <laughs> of the mm-hmm. podcast. I've done a good job of not saying where I'm working now. We're, we're, yeah. always, we're always like, we can't do a quiet place. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh-huh. Well, anyway, he was he, out of town. He left on Friday. He needed some documents, and I knew that this was going to happen. I was supposed to give the documents to his assistant to FedEx to him for Saturday delivery. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is like the beginning of the plot of Burn After Reading. Yeah. Friday morning comes round. Rick, the assistant, his parents got in a pretty bad car crash. They're oh, fine. No. They're fine preface they're fine but he went to the oc to be with them on friday okay. so i had to fedex these documents fine again fine team, i team player yeah so i do it at like noon corporate I dro- synergy i drop it off in the mail room and then at like 3 30 i go home my boss has left for the day it's a friday it's a summer friday no summer fridays are over no, but done but uh it's his anniversary weekend he so he a, gets one more summer Friday. And he has a business trip next week, so he's spending time with the wife. Sure. Um, so I forwarded the phones, and I was at home. I haven't been feeling well this week, so I was lying in bed, petting my cat, and I was going to take a nap. And on my cell phone, Rick, the CEO's assistant's phone, pops up. Yeah, I'm getting a call, and I was like, fuck. So I answered it, and he was like, I was just looking at the tracking number for the FedEx. It's delivering on Monday. And I was like, fuck. I didn't know. If you guys, for future reference, if you do overnight I've on FedEx yeah. on a Friday, it, it delivers Monday. Do you need to do Saturday you delivery? Have to, you have to say, you have to check a special box yeah. for Saturday delivery. So wow. it is, it is four. FedEx forms are tricky. Yeah, it was 4.55. I'm at home. Oh my God. 5.30 is our mailroom cutoff time for FedEx. So mm-hmm. I call all the FedEx in the area to see if there's a later one. The latest one's the one on Vine up by the Arclight mm-hmm. that has a 5.45. Okay. okay. We got 15 so, minutes. But I've already dropped the Fed- the package off. It's in the mail. In the mailroom. So I call them. I'm like, Did it, have they picked it up already? And he was like, yes, but the truck, they don't unload the truck until the end of the day. So when they come back for the final pickup at 5.30, it'll be there. Okay. So I'm like, okay, so I just have to print a new label mm-hmm. a new label so i get to my office mm-hmm. and i had turned off my computer and when i turn it on it automatically starts doing an update so <gasps> i'm not going to be able to get into my computer for an hour <gasps> so then i call chris who is um a he's in our uh department it's a department of three of us and i'm like are you here and he was like i just ran to get some food oh my God. and i was like well here's what's happening <laughs> i'm really sorry because it's like all of our fault if, like, we will all be blamed for this, if, even though it's my fault. Uh, but then, so I was like, what if the FedEx people don't even have the package and I need to print these out again? And so we were just, like, freaking out for, like, a few minutes and then, like, just, like, stalling. And then it's 530, so, like, then I go and they have the package still. So I take the package back 
And then by the time I do that, my computer has booted up and I can print a new label. And I literally got to the FedEx on Vine at 5.44. That's on time. And I was like, did I miss it? And he looked at the clock and he was like, no. He was like, they're about to leave. Oh, my God. But this he is scanned like, it and handed it to them. This is corporate espionage. My heart is pounding. This is on a, the level of Michael fucking Clayton. Yeah, this is a thriller. This is a legal thriller. <laughs> Holy Get shit! The documents. FedEx is terrifying. Yeah, and then I sat like John Dealman for a little bit. <laughs> I went back to work because I was like, did I just leave my office in disarray? I didn't Probably. know. So then I and then I just sat in my office for like ten minutes. And say, if left. you left it in disarray, it would be more like the end of the conversation True. than John Dealman. Mm-hmm. One time I had to ship a DCP to another film festival with a very tight turnaround where the filmmakers had given me a Pelican case, which is a Pelican brief, a big, a Pelican brief, Uh, if you will, a Pelican brief brief case. It's an, it's an enormous case for a DCP that is the size of like my iPhone. Right. And there's a FedEx, uh, there's a mailbox basically in our, in our office and it has a little mail slot and I crammed the thing in there and then couldn't close the mail slot. God damn. And I managed to like jam it in there, closed. I'm like, thank God, because this mm-hmm. has to get to like South Carolina on Tuesday or whatever. Yeah. And then I decided, I'm like, let me just double check that it went in. And then I tried to pull down on the mail slot. Jammed. It was jammed. Oh! So I had this pelican brief like stuck between like the entryway and then the receptacle at the bottom. Oh. And so I had to like go back to work and I'm like, do I tell somebody about this? Like, do I, am I mm-hmm. supposed, like, maybe I'll just wait it out. And FedEx did not update. On the web, like on the web, they, I was tracking the package. It did not update until the next week, and everything was fine. But because, because like that's where I that's left so it. so stressful. It was terrifying. Yeah. I was like, I'm gonna fuck over this festival. But it got in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was fine. Okay. But it was. It, what it was, did some probably someone poked it from the other end? Well, if you, whenever yes. the FedEx people, the they fe- probably FedEx, like, they, they open it from the bottom, right? Yeah. But I was nervous about people who needed to put stuff in that yeah. box before that who physically could not open up the slot. Yeah. So I kind of like hung around to like tell people mm-hmm. and no one showed up. So ultimately no harm, no foul. But I was, no. I was pretty sure that I was causing like a calamity Chaos. with international implications. Chaos. Joker. You were jokering. Okay. Well, Chaos. Have you, just, I, you just said Joker. So shared, now we have to have talk I about it. Have shared my take on Joker yet? Yeah. Haven't seen the film. I haven't seen the film. Same. I have the hottest take here. Listen up. Okay. I'm anxious to see it. Oh my god! <laughs> Can oh you believe god, it? Mama. Looking forward. It's one of my most anticipated. I'm looking forward as well. Here's the thing. I'm not saying it'll be good. No, but not I'm at looking all. forward to it. Look, yep. I I think that we talked about this last week, but Todd Phillips is a filmmaker who does not inspire any confidence or anticipation in no. me normally, right? And it's not like can't forget War Dogs. His 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 previous last film, War Dogs. That was which I did not see. A, a, a war. Am I wrong? No. Am I wrong? If for a second there was like War Dogs awards buzz. Yep. Before it came out, like oh, it's like this is him making like up for War Dogs getting nothing. But I actually think well, first <laughs> let me first let me say it feel War Dogs to me felt very close to Whiskey Tango Foxtrot. And then it's like, we've got a comedy mastermind, a legend yeah. of the form, yeah, applying to real that talent that. Skewering wit to a who real did Whiskey life. Tango? Tina Fey. She didn't she, direct it. She wrote it. I believe she maybe she didn't write it. I feel like I'm going to get something wrong here. But it was the Let's idea of like look. Tina Fey is doing international correspondent in the right. Middle East. It's going to be and it mash. was buzzy. It was buzzy. Well, I feel like with War Dogs and, and with Whiskey release. Tango Foxtrot, it was like it's going to be mash. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, mash for the millennial era. Right. No, she only was in it. Okay. Well, well Robert Carlock wrote it. Okay, oh. so basically Tina Fey. Was, yeah, yeah, basically Tina Fey was. Over I mean, Robert Carlock's an enormous talent, but yes. 
But I did I say Ben, please? No, I'm talking about something else. Just go. Well, let me just say I don't have this is just spe- I'm nothing to run with here. But did I mention on the podcast last week how I feel like this is all Adam McKay's fault? No, but it is. It's all Adam McKay's fault. Oh, that's interesting. Yes, one thousand percent. I used. Do to I need be, to elaborate? We all know no, what I mean. Right? I, I was, know what you yeah. mean. Yeah. I was very like, oh, it's fine. Let Adam McKay do his. Well, Adam McKay thing. was and famously now, very smart and, and read now the news. That, now that other people are doing it, I'm like, and I mean, Jay Roach did it even before. Jay Roach Adam was yeah. doing recounts. Yeah. yeah. In 04. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. someone. That's a good point. Someone taught someone one of our fellow film fags, David Abramovitz was like what movie is going to be on this had Oscar buzz from this year and I said the podcast belonging to fellow film fight Chris Fott mm-hmm. yeah. and I said Jay whatever Jay Roach's thing the is bombshell is going to be yeah a this had Oscar buzz yep. in my opinion well can yeah. something have Oscar buzz if it's a TV movie oh I, I mean I really it looks like it doesn't. Okay, so it doesn't I, like, I belong even, in theater. I don't theater. even know what the trailer is supposed to like. What feeling am I supposed to have evoked in me? In it's like I'll tell you what it confusion. Is. No, I, I know what it is. It's it's you recognize these actors. Uh-huh. You recognize the characters they're playing because we see little visual clues. Like you're supposed to wonder like what's going on, and then you see like oh Fox News. Like mm-hmm. and they're like wait a minute, that's yeah. Gretchen Carr. Is that Megan? Megan yeah. Kelly's playing herself. Wait a minute. Like mm-hmm. it is. I think it is. It it is the. Meryl Streep, Iron Lady teaser trailer, where yeah. it's built around the idea of these people playing these people. Right. Yep. That's what it is. Totally. A ripped from the headlines motion picture. Right. right. Gretchen Carlson is not that tall. And mm-hmm. it really it bothers me. I thought you were gonna say Gretchen Carlson is not that nice. So you can be like, I agree. <laughs> She's not that tall. Here's my question. That, I cannot suspend my disbelief. Here's my question. Why is Melissa Leo not playing Greta Van Susteren in either the TV version of this oh, or how the, great. the movie version? I want to watch the TV show. It's, it's on, it's right? Been, it's over. It's done? No one talked about the it. Loudest voice, the loudest like the voice. The quietest one. It's true. Oh, I watched one episode. Did you, did you like it? Uh, I enjoyed the episode I watched. I would like to watch it. It's it's not bad. No. It's can I talk bad. about Late Night? Did yes. You but can I, no, but can I, I want quickly, to. Can I put one more point in this conversation mm-hmm. and then let's talk about late night. It's all connected movies about television, trying to thread the needle of what we were saying about Joker and Adam McKay. And now what we're saying about bombshell. I'm catching up on succession mm. after watching <gasps> yeah. two episodes on an Hell airplane yeah. thinking this is brilliant. I have to tell it's everybody so to watch good. this and then not continuing. Cause that's the highest recommendation I give any TV show. I watched a couple episodes. Mm-hmm. Haven't seen it. What is the difference between the zooms and succession and the zooms in the bombshell trailer. Because to me, they seem deployed for similar reasons. Well, they just, I mean, in the bombshell Cor- trailer. The, the corporate thriller zoom. They don't, they look stupid and forced <laughs> in the bomb. Like, it's just no, execution. No, I agree. I agree. No, I agree. I agree. <laughs> but I, I had your voice in my head, Ben, about the zooms and bombshell when I'm rewatching Succession. I'm like, they just zoomed on Kendall seven times. I know. But it works. It, works. it does succession. work. No, I agree. It's just Have different. you gone to season two yet? Girl, I'm on episode five. Five. <gasps> Wait, um, I haven't started season two yet, even though I tweeted I did is, a long time this ago. This is not a, a what lies. Oh, wow. your brats. What is the the meme that you did? Yeah. The, oh my god. I think about it every time when the this is not a dancing. spoiler, but fellow film fact Jeffrey McCrayon said to me when he started watching Succession season two, which is something that I felt a little bit, but I I, I didn't want to say it publicly. It's not as good. But he said, it feels like fan fiction. <laughs> And you like, know that's my biggest problem with every show's follow-up season yes, to the one that got is, them success. Uh-huh. It's all they—they they are. Le- it's the most recent episode is like 
flawless, perfect, everything is great. So shit on it, eat just on like it. Stays. In I heard that. bore on the floor is like it's very unbelievable. Good. It's very good, but I but the rest of the episode, other than that scene, I was I, still like I would call little, this the Glee mm. effect, but it's been going on mm. far mm-hmm. longer than Glee. Like mm-hmm. the second season of Glee was all fan service, and it fucking sucked. Mm-hmm. Fellow so phone facts, Secession... Michael Swan and Jorge Molina have me on your podcast, Glee Wind. I would love to talk nice. about it. So Succession's riding high, and like suddenly they're very popular. Well, here's my question about mm-hmm. that. They like, they got great reviews off season one. They yeah. had people like Ben who were championing it. Like there were some loud, there were some loudest voices. Saying, Mark Harris, I remember, was one of the earliest people to yeah, be like, I remember "This is that. great." But I feel like Succession hasn't really entered the zeitgeist. Until this lead up to season yeah, two, I agree. when the critical hosannas have been coming back again saying you missed the first season, but you got to see season yeah. two. So it's curious to me that it could be having that glee syndrome for season right. two when it didn't have that fandom right. going into it. I think it had enough. Doesn't mean you have to have fandom to get high on its own supply. Yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. You know? Yeah. Anyway. And, yeah. It, they were just leaning into joking for joke's sake in the first couple episodes mm. of season two, mm. that it just felt a little bit less character based yeah i mean season one with jesse armstrong i understand the the tendency to go for the verbal curly cue yeah more than anything else mm-hmm. i think it's a crutch mm-hmm. it's a fabulously entertaining one yeah but he and like armando Iannucci can write their way out of any corner yeah or let me they, they can write you out of thinking they've left the corner mm-hmm. but they're still in the corner they've just distracted you with a lot of very funny witticisms. Mm-hmm. yeah you were gonna say something and then i was like let's talk about zooms Oh, late night. Zooms. Yes, late. pretty good. Okay. Pretty good. I want to watch it. I haven't seen I it. I said I was going to wait for it to be on Amazon Prime, and, and here we is. are. Love Nisha Ganatra, so I got to watch it. Uh, it's visually very nice. There are like a couple of interesting directorial choices. Mostly it's just like a really nice studio comedy of yore that they yeah. don't make anymore. Type I like of that. Thing. Nisha Ganatra, the woman who directed it, has directed some of your favorite episodes of television. Oh. Mm-hmm. She directed the penultimate episode of Girls, which is maybe the best mm. episode of the series. Yeah. I didn't know that. It is. It and is one of the best. The, 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 the scene in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Where she was Absolutely Shana, I mean, unbelievable. Where she's trying to just read them for filth. It's yeah. great. Um, and then... The shots of them all dance, the sequence of them dancing mm-hmm. in the apartment. Great. Some of those shots are so brilliant, like the choices to shoot outside the apartment and right up yeah. close. Yeah, there's some. She's a great director. Some really interesting things. Emma Thompson is great, as you've heard, and but she's not going to get the Oscar nomination no. like people thought out of Sundance because it was not a hit. Yeah, but yeah, it really. Fizzled. The movie just should have been funnier, and I've seen the take a lot. That is it more heartfelt than funny? No, it is just the jokes are not good. <laughs> oh, yikes. <laughs> and uh, it should be funny, but it's like pleasant to watch even though they're not funny. Yeah. Uh, it's just like a cozy watch, but uh, what else was tonight. I going to say? It's oh. not dark like Joker though, and it's that's not. why no one wants to watch it. <laughs> no one wants to watch it because it's, it's just, not Joker. Late Night was not brought or not projected in 70 millimeter. Thank you so it much. It was not. It does uh, not recall the grimy aesthetic of Taxi Driver and Martin Scorsese's 70s I New York. I cannot believe I get to see Joker in 70 millimeter. I, I can't. I can't wait. I can't Golden wait. Lion winner Joker. Ah, Golden thank you, Lucretia. Lion. So here's my take. Winner. Here's my take. Winner. In honor of Lucretia. But yeah, actually, let, let, let's bang one out for Lucretia Martel's Golden Lion Jesus. winner Joker. Um, but a, a lot of straight white men are going to be banging one out to Joker. Oh, yeah, that's me. Incel. <laughs> that's me, that's me, that's me. <laughs> oh, God. So I Welcome actually... over to my Joker circle jerk. <laughs> Col- the Joker college later. guys in 2024. <laughs> 
Their their apartment or their dorm rooms are going to be coded in Joker posters. Welcome to the Joker. It's zone. the new taxi driver poster. Check out my Joker poster. My Wi-Fi <laughs> network name is Arkham Asylum. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I actually anyway. am excited about this Golden Lion win until I see the film. I don't know if it was a bad choice. So it's weird. I'm like I'm trying to not be so influenced by the internet. Uh-huh. And I've people got are a, really upset. I have many mis or not misgivings. I've seen it. I have many many things make me trepidatious about mm-hmm. Joker. And I am actually not so sure that I'm not going to be the one leaving that theater saying this is bad for society. Like mm-hmm. knowing me, I'm probably going to do that. Um, we won't get to talk about it on the The mic. best review Try I it. saw, sorry, really quick. No, please. I think Jessica Chang, LA Times, somewhere. She had a review that was like, this is horrible for society, but it's necessary B+. And I was like, mm, okay, okay, I'd like to see it anyway. But Lucrecia Martel giving this the golden lion, mm-hmm. this same logic does not apply to the Polanski winning the runner-up prize. But like for me, I'm like, okay, so that's a vote of confidence for one of my favorite directors. Mm-hmm. I may wildly disagree, yeah. but I have nothing to base my... I mean, I have his whole filmography to base my preconceptions on, but I also have Joaquin's entire filmography. Yeah. And when you look at the talent that's behind this movie, Mark Bridges, who did the costumes for Phantom Thread, is doing it. Um, I can't remember. Do Marty you remember, is an EP. Do you remember who, yeah, do you remember who the cinematographer is? I don't. It's a good cinematographer. I'm, so I'm, well, let's look it up. I got, mean, the, the, tr- the second trailer, it looks gorgeous i'm excited to see it, mark maron be robert de niro's lackey i got to work with bob he got to work with de lawrence sure so is. maybe not never mind no the production designer maybe who did the production design he no, jack he, he did the cinematography for the hangover series oh. okay so we've got a legend so behind the camera so he's a top a legendary lenser what am i looking at joker production designer production design mark friedberg who's that <laughs> Your arguments, your arguments. Uh, I got, team. I got my costume. I vine. got my costumer for Phantom Thread in there. Oh, product. Whoa. Okay, girl. Bombach. Life Aquatic. That's not Bombach. Oh, <laughs> written by Bombach. Right. Yes, Jesus, right. my brain's right. broke. Production designer of a lot of things. Synecdoche, Life Aquatic. If and Bombach is talk. the person that people wish had won Venice at this point. Like, do you think so? I, I saw someone ask. I don't remember what was in competition because I wasn't there. What would you prefer to have won? Yeah. And the response was marriage story. So I've never been to Venice. I've never seen the entire slate of Venice I feel like Lady Gaga on the boat right now. <laughs> Do you I'm think it's because Scarlet opened her big mouth? No. And, no. and Lucrecia sure was Polanski like... Polanski got the runner-up no. prize. They don't no. give a shit about Woody Allen right. uh, friendships. It's true. Um, but when you look at the last few Golden Lion winners... Venice has tilted in sort of an Oscar prognostication way. Yeah, that is like the last just since the shape Roma of Roma and Shape of Water, right? Yeah. So, but in Birdman, didn't Birdman win? Mm, oh, I, I think know. Birdman won. Maybe. Venice. Brandon, uh, I love being fact. Fa- I would say you're you're a fact I was looking at all fact-toter. the golden lions earlier. Golden Lion of Venice. Wiki. Looking it up. I don't want to know about first. Joker. I'm asking about Birdman. No, but you know what did win in 2014, which is really funny that you think it's Birdman? What? It was a pigeon sat on a bird oh. reflecting on existence. <laughs> That's really funny. Well, what a Anderson film. won Best Director yes. at Venice. Anyway. And I've never seen one of his films, and I would I've like only to. seen I Pigeon, like to. and it's great. I would like to I want to see, see songs from the second floor. That's yeah, that's the see. one people have told me to watch. What? A real Roy missed Anderson? opportunity. We could, have done, mm. we could have done a Roy Anderson episode. I know. Mm. Well, too late now. the lost episodes. Oh, the lost episodes. Oh, the 
lost the episodes. lost tapes the, the twin lost, peaks uh, lost tapes uh, the joker episode the that tapes. will never be <laughs> oh the bad astro episode that will never be uh, the sad astro i i'm gonna watch all of james gray <laughs> good next month oh That's yeah i would like to revisit I'm, zed i was joking watch the immigrant. i wonder how long watch into Tom my Holland. trip to hawaii am i gonna be like okay does anyone want to go see Ad astro because <laughs> it comes out the I day before i go to hawaii just, just go alone i know i what comes out in two weeks? Joker? No, Joker's October. I thought, so wait, doesn't Ad Astra come out? Yes, in two weeks. Ad Astra yeah. is two weeks. It's the 20th. Oh, man. Well, that, we won't get Same to- day as the Downton Abbey movie. Hell yeah. God, it's a shame that we never were ever going to talk about the Downton Abbey movie. My friend Bummer. texted me yesterday. He was walking his dog outside of a movie theater, and there was an old couple staring at the Downton Abbey <laughs> poster, and they were like, it's based on the TV show. Oh my, oh god. my god! Is this is this that? Is this the same? I <laughs> is was, this the same thing? I was at a very cool theater in Baltimore, and that did not happen to me. But all the old people out. I went to see Shanghai Express and a like mm. retrospective screening, and the median age was probably sixty five. Love Shanghai. And Express. most of the old people stopped at the poster for Downton Abbey. Of course. Gotta stop and take all a look. six seasons have five stars on Amazon Prime with. Tens of thousands of ratings. That's amazing. I watched what a the show. first season. <laughs> yes, I watched the first three. I was addicted to it. And then I, I watched four. Watching. So what's I think. the addiction? I mean, I love uh, the. It's just the, light and fluffy. I love the mean gay and mm-hmm. his friend. The dastardly gay. Yeah. yeah. The lesbian. What's her name? The Helen? bastard. Uh, O'Brien. She O'Brien. just goes by O'Brien. O'Brien's. A, O'Brien's. I've just watching. watched. I've just rewatched the first three seasons. You That's have? as far as uh-huh. I got. Secretly. No, I've been talking about it. Oh, I haven't heard. You've been buzzing on it. It's good. The first three seasons are great. I would say the first season is really good and then immediately pivots to soap opera in season two. Which is not necessarily a bad thing. No, but it's, it is it is like people that you thought were dead are alive. It's like the hokiest shit. Okay. Whereas season one is like, it is a soap opera, but it's like Does about, it ever get good again? Doesn't it end with like so. the Hindenburg? <laughs> But does you it love begin it? with the Titanic? It begins with the Titanic. I love that because it's the end of an era, mm-hmm. you yeah. know? And, yeah. and using that as your fulcrum in history, like the upstairs, downstairs. And then season element. one ends with the beginning of World War One, right. And it's like very much like... Things our, are changing. Our lives yeah. are going to change. Yes. Yeah. That's history. And then season two is World War One. So like it, what basically we're saying is that the first season of Downton approaches history like Mad Men does. Mm-hmm. And then that does is not the way that it continues no. after that. Like what I love about the way that Mad Men uses history is they omit certain elements mm-hmm. that were in the zeitgeist. They play some others up and basically they are a reflection of the characters themselves mm-hmm. and the office and how the office itself is a reflection of the culture. Like the show is constantly in conversation with the yeah. surroundings mm-hmm. of the office. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is wonderful. It, the Mad Men is so much... Um, okay, well, I'm not going to go into that. But Mad Men is the story of an era. It is. And not just, and they drank a lot so of So is Downton cigarettes. Abbey. It's well, just not an era that, well, it's just an era I don't know much about. I just don't get into the aspirational elements yeah. of Downton Abbey because I don't want servants. Have you seen Gosford Park? Yeah. You Have you seen Gosford Park? No, but I want Gosford okay. Park's a great movie, but maybe my uh, one of my least favorite Altmans, but great movie. What's his, what's his name? What is his name? Julian Fellows, who wrote both Downton yes. Abbey and Gosford Park. He's got he, a hard on for the bells. He thinks that in Gosford Park, Kelly McDonald and Maggie Smith have a very good relationship. 
as employer-employee. And clearly, Robert Altman does does not not feel that way. And it's directed very differently. But that is Julian Fellow's idea of a good aristocratic... To and I do. I do feel like the bitterness valet. in mm-hmm. the class divisions in Gosford Park is mostly from the direction. Yes, it's mostly in Gosford Park is so good. It's a I great film. It. I truly. I want to watch it. So I, I wish I loved it. I don't love it, but I. I, love I really it. enjoy. It's very entertaining. I love Extremely it. Extremely well. Everything acted. about it. Isn't it about a murder? Isn't I like it? that. Like yeah. Clute, which we'll get to in a minute. It sort of gives the mystery away. Mm-hmm. Pretty early on, I like loved like it. maybe half two thirds of the way through in Gosford yeah. Park, and then it becomes so much more about how these characters implicated themselves yep. in this scheme, which is so much more interesting than a whodunit. It's, yeah. like, more of a, it's mm. like a why done it. It is. And I like Clute, that. Clute, which we'll talk about in a minute. And it's the first time I've seen Helen Mirren act. She's very good She's in very it. good yeah. in it. New I York d- Film Critics I disagree Critic with Circle that assumption, oh. but she's, she probably should have won her Oscar for Gosford Park. It mm-hmm. would have changed her entire career. That was whom? Julia. Oh, that was Jennifer Connelly. But now she's oh, yeah. in The Good Liar coming this fall. Helen Mirren? Oh, yes. From director... It's from a I will real say director. I'm excited for her. Ford v. Ferrari. Oh. Oh, I was I think you were her. Bill her. Condon. Mm. Oh. What were you about to say, Ben? The, she's doing a Catherine the Great HBO miniseries. That sounds great. It sounds I've good. not watched Elizabeth, Elizabeth the First. Yeah, it whatever called? her. It's HBO. Tom Hooper. I've seen it. Yeah. I haven't seen it. seen it. It's pretty good. I don't like Tom Hooper, but I do really like John Adams. So the HBO historical miniseries I'm interested in. Yeah. I remember watching that when it came out. John Adams. Can you imagine Laura Lenny? if Tom Hooper had taken Emmy-winning star of John Adams, Paul Giamatti, and just had him play all of the cats <gasps> in Cats? Oh, my God. That's a movie I would like to see. The Giamatti Academy Award cats. winner. Cats. Coming up. Can't Coming wait. up. Can't wait. Baby. It's really a shame we're not going to do a Cats episode. We might. Maybe we'll have a reunion. Okay, Bernie. Don't, uh, don't, uh, <laughs> we don't want to tease. Don't, don't tease. Don't tease things um, that might not come true. I think we should dive in. Yeah, and so I'm in charge of this. I would week. like, I want to, I want to quote the Julio Torres HBO I haven't watched special. It yet. But I my therapist loves shapes. it. It's so funny. It's so good. He just immediately, he's like, I have a lot of shapes to show you, so we better start. We got to go. <laughs> we do have a lot of shapes to show you today. <laughs> we better get going. He literally, it's a parade of shapes. Oh, I know, want, I know the format. Oh, it's so good. They come out on a conveyor belt. Oh, it's so brilliant. And then he talks about he them. He is someone who is so talented that it makes me want to give up. I'm so happy for him. <laughs> yeah. Because... Lost Spookies is, is great. I haven't yes. watched Lost Spookies yet. Because um, I didn't know it was on HBO. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know that I could watch it. Mm. I thought it was on Comedy Central or uh, Hulu. Something I don't have. Right. So I will watch that. No, it's great. Know. It was but, one of the Friday nights. But HBO. he's so smart and mm-hmm. so funny. And the type of humor he does is so esoteric. Mm-hmm. That he's destined to just be a writer. In theory. Like, this yeah. Is, yeah. You know, he's destined to be behind the scenes. Be sort of a co- comedian. A comics comic. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he got, not just got the HBO special, but not to get too Regis and Kelly about it, but those of us who live in LA are seeing Mr. Torres's face all over town. Yeah. Billboard after billboard after billboard. It's Julio everywhere. Mm-hmm. And that's very exciting. You know who he reminds me of? Does HBO get behind him? It's Maria Bamford. Who never, who never got this. Yeah. And it's just like, Love it's Maria just Bamford. such a specific brand of weird. Did I ever, I can, that's a great know? comparison. Did I ever tell you guys about the time I saw Maria Bamford, at, not to get too regional about it, but at the satellite mm. on like just a stand up night. I think like Reggie Watts went up that night, Chelsea Preddy. It was an outstanding. It was one of the first Genius. things I went to when I moved to LA. So I'm like, it's going to be like this every day. But Maria Bamford did a bit where she was obviously talking about her mental illness mm-hmm. and was performing an element. I'm trying to remember exactly what she was 
I'll tell you, she was performing her mental illness as if it were like a rock concert. Mm. And she took the mic out of the stand and got on the ground and kicked her way in a circle like Keith Richard or like uh. Mick Jagger while screaming like, I'm going to die. Like, uh. so like, Kicking She's herself so in a circle on the stage. She's a genius. She's yeah, a genius. it was on, it was maybe the best thing I've uh, ever seen. I gotta rewatch her show. What is it called? Lady Dynamite. Lady Dynamite is so good. So great. I never watched season two. Oh, it's good. I, I mean, season one was better, but it's great. Not to get too regional about it, but she shoots at a coffee shop in Highland Park near mm. my house. Uh, like that's where all her friends meet up. Mm-hmm. And there are visual effects and just the shots of her and her friends like having coffee in the background of the coffee shop. They built like a second layer, and I think like. A coffee tank Netflix or something? Money. No, it's Netflix money. And it's like, it can't possibly Bad matter Netflix because money. unless you've been in the coffee shop, you don't know that they're doing it. But I always love that like, she wanted to do visual effects for just like Amazing. the back of the coffee shop a, by adding a bunch a of gears and She's a pipes queen. and stuff. Uh, I love it. What a, what a woman. What a This episode is dedicated to Maria Bamford. And Julio Torres. And Julio Torres. Who has my favorite tweet of all time. Who has Ben's favorite tweet of all time. Which is... In the net, not the Netflix special, the HBO special, which is in it the is. net, does the not joke. the Netflix HBO special. What's the joke again? One, oh, the- one of the shapes is a Trojan horse. <laughs> one oh, of his favorite shapes. So he does the bit. Uh huh. That's funny. Do you want to tell our listeners? The I should just look up the tweet. Hold, Hold on. on. Take the, your time. There is a tweet that is. I literally think about it so often. Oh, T- fellow film fag TJ he has enjoyed it. it chapter two as well. So the tweet oh, do you is. Want to talk about that? I believe in reincarnation because I know, all caps, I was the Trojan guard who saw the Trojan horse and was like, wow, stunning, yes, open the gates, let it in, OMG, a big horse. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. That, stunning. That's your, stunning. That, that's your favorite tweet, and then your second favorite tweet is Jenny, Jenny Slate about Mr. Turner. Jenny Pig's head big, and face. Head big and face. Pig's head and face. I can't. I can't go into an art museum now without immediately yelling, "Where are the Mister Turner? Where, Turners? Where are the Mister Turner? Excuse me. Where, Where the Turner? The and the Getty is the only museum with a Mister Turner that I've In been LA. to so far. Well, I mean, like, I've been looking. I've been looking. I've been looking. Where in the world Daniel, is Mister Turner? I would like to talk about it. Chapter two. Yes, oh. please. I'm going to grab some ice while you do <laughs> my, I'm going to leave. My therapist spoke at length about it, and I wanted to be like, I'm paying for this. <laughs> I love when a therapist pops off about media, my and you're ther- like, my shut up. My therapist knows that I will waste my money by talking about the election and media for like the first 10 minutes of the session. So today, he like cut us off prematurely. He was like, I don't want to get too far off track. I'm like, no, let's talk about it. <laughs> I want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um... There's there's already (laughs) been pieces written about um, the way the movie opens, which the gay bashing, the gay bashing, which is included in the book, was erased in the 1990 version. Mm -hmm. Some people are like, I've read the book. Do you believe that? That's a long book. I read it in like 1100 pages. I was really into Stephen King when I was little. I never had that phase. Apparently, like, I kind of wish that I did. In one of the sit down interviews with Bill Hader and one of the other actors, they were talking about how like Stephen King told them how he was like just so high on cocaine when he wrote that book. He'd be like, I'd black out. And wake up and there'd be 80 more pages. <laughs> Which, like, come on. Yeah. 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 I mean, if you watch... Stephen part- King wrote it like Liza Minnelli in New York. Oh, uh, <laughs> <yes>. Operating airport <laughs> traffic. I mean, It Chapter 2, I mean, that's when, like, the cocaine settles. <laughs> like, <laughs> shit happens where you're like, what? 
Like the movie is three hours long because what? You, yeah, it's an, it's, it's two forty nine. Yeah, it's two forty nine. Oh, two hours and forty nine. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Minutes. Both parts together are probably like two forty nine. Yeah. Well, two parts together is five. It's a five hour. It's probably yeah. as long as the miniseries. It's a miniseries, right? So, you the the majority of the runtime. Each character to kill it has to like get their like totem, their artifact from like a memory in high school this or not high school, middle school. Read another book. It's literally like horror cruxes for it. Mm-hmm. And one by one, you watch as each character does their little thing. Yeah. And it's like a full 30 <laughs> minute not, event. Uh-huh. It's certainly not Jean Dillman where we're watching her go through the tedium of her routine and it brings so much. We, we know no, that the next day no, it's going to no, be no. the exact same chase. <sighs> No, it's 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 not that. It's my favorite countdown type of movie. Right, you're like, okay, well now we got this right. one. Now we got this one. Um, the one that's in the trailer is the most interesting. Is Jessica, Jessica Chastain, Chastain with the creepy naked old lady. Um, but the bashing, Xavier Dolan plays one of them. He's the, he plays the gay that gets murdered. Ooh, and then Pennywise eats him. I don't know. In good. the beginning. In the beginning. So Xavier's in it for five minutes. Yeah, I must see it. Um, Bill Hader also plays gay. Heard he's good. He's Bill Hader is very good. At he's the best gay. thing about it. Him he's and Jessica Chastain. I think that we need to stop having we need to stop having so many straight actors play gay roles except for Bill Hader. Sure. Bill Hader is great. Lifetime pass for playing gay yeah, characters. He's I very agree. good at it. Very good um, in the Skeleton Twins. I mean, I forgot about that movie. Good film. I watched I that it. film very upset. I like I like Skeleton Twins a lot. Oh yeah, he plays gay in that too. Mm-hmm. Anyway, good movie. Thank you. Great. <laughs> Okay, shut up. <laughs> so, it is my. Pl- I'm gonna do this week. I feel like I haven't done it in weeks, so do I'm it. Do it. Bitch. Welcome to another episode of movies. Thirty-three minutes. <laughs> Great! It's the last episode. We can do it every week. That's true. Let's do it. Chapter two length. Yeah, please. Let's get to two forty-nine. Welcome to Movies IMO. We are your fave film fags. We get together every week to discuss movies. Not anymore. The podcast isn't over yet. Okay. We still got to do the episode. It's over when I hit the off button and off. Oh, my God. Okay, it's done. That's you guys want to go to Akbar? Yeah, hell it's yeah. Done. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> We're done. We haven't even started. Jesus. Uh, welcome <laughs> to, <laughs> to Movies IMO. Uh, we're your three fave film fags. We are here to talk about movies. Uh, it is our pleasure to be here with you right now. My name is Daniel Crook. Brandon Kirby. And Ben Impey. And today we are recording the final episode oh of Movies IMO. This is the last episode of the podcast. <gasps> if the 30 minute introduction did not signal it to you, dear listener, we are fresh out of fucks together. <laughs> <laughs> we are fresh out of fucks forever. We're going home. Hell yeah, Lana. And uh, and we're going home. Great. Phone right phone. after we go to Akbar. Let's go right now. <laughs> so E-T it's the last let's, episode, let's and we are. We're going to do things a little bit differently today. It's another Here, special Here, we do episode. things we do, a little differently. We do things a little bit differently. Are we all familiar with family style? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be doing oh, a no. family style You know, podcast. you're going to want to order five to six yeah. plates. Oh, you have another one coming? Make it nine or ten. You know, small bites. Do we have any vegetarians in the house? <laughs> we have an amazing vegan we have, cheese. We have three delicious <laughs> vegan dishes. I don't care if you're not vegan, you're going to want to try it. You're going to wake up this morning yelling, vegan burrata. 
So we're here to t- we're here to we're here to do things a little bit differently. Family's a lot better at riffing than I am. I always just sit here and watch you. I'm literally just like when we leave a message, saying to leave... me and saying one more thing. That's what improv is. Yes, and That's... yes, and me, bitch. Thank you. That's the basis of improv. You know, I went to the hospital the other day. For what? My leg. <laughs> you broke your leg again. <laughs> Hell yeah. Did you slip on some honey? We should do a Movies IMO UCB show. A live recording. And I will oh just God. sit and like try to get in there. <laughs> ah, look at Ben giving it an old go again. Ah, old Nobsy. It's a flea. It's a flea. It's a flea. It's a flea. Literally me sitting on my couch like last week when a flea like off my uh, arm. I was like, it's your flea! It's Shmee, what have you done? <laughs> Shmee needs to dump her jokes. Oh, uh, <laughs> We haven't even talked about the We haven't the talked about day. the fact you, that well, I was housing Let's go ahead and, go ahead and talk about that Today. and I'll introduce the episode. They, they looked at each other, they sniffed. They sniffed and then Shmee Linda's hissed. tail puffed up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Shmee threw the first hiss at Stonewall. She did. <laughs> <laughs> So Brandon, do you want to say the ailment? Do you want to do you want to spill it? You want to spill? Or do you just want to spill it on the reason that I had to watch your cat for five hours today? I really would rather not. I don't. Okay, I don't want to be stigmatized by my listeners. We had to watch. I had to watch Smee, and it's been it's been such a you know uproar in social media lately. Just the use of the term. That's true. Yeah, Um, we don't want to wade into those waters. No. My apartment was invaded by Joker. Well, <laughs> so I had to protect How for five hours. And they were just sniffing each other. And mm-hmm. then and then Shmi hissed. So I, I put separate the in the bedroom and I closed the door. And Linda, like, immediately was relaxed once <laughs> Shmi was in the other room. Oh, you know why that is? Because hmm. Linda comes from an adoption agency. Mm-hmm. She... Th- when I visited Linda, I don't think I've said it on the podcast, but like by total coincidence, I met Ben's cat yes. a few months beforehand because my friend works at or volunteers at the place where you got Linda. Mm-hmm. Linda's used to being around like 20 yes. cats. No big deal. Yeah. Shmi probably has. She doesn't love like. other cats, but she's used, but she's to, used to it. Yeah. And then I noticed like I went to therapy and I came back and I was like, God, what if Linda like got the door open? Because it's a slide yeah. door. But she didn't. And but she would like go over there and like put her arm in, but like playfully and like yeah. try to like bat. So I think she would have been fine. She would have been ready would've to been play, fine. but yeah. Shmi's an old. Lady. And then there was a point yeah. where Shmi came to the door and hissed <laughs> oh through the door. <laughs> through the door. Stay away. <laughs> She's such a bitch. And then in five hours, she had to poop three times because <laughs> she was holding it. She was doing poop. She was holding no, it. no she, at she, here. Oh, she, she pooped here. She, I come back from I come back to pick her up. I'm like I got a full litter box. <laughs> she was acting out. She was pooping. This is my she, concern she because mom. I have a new roommate who's a very good friend of mine, and he has a beautiful, friendly cat coming. But I'm very nervous about how mom is going was, to behave, and I know she's going to shit everywhere. Yeah, because oh, of stress. Yeah. So that's why I came home one day, and my cat shit everywhere, vomited everywhere. I was like, <laughs> "This is my life." They do this to ruin us. So did you stop with the CBD gummies? No, I still do it, but zero effect. I took a CBD gummy for the first time the other day. Did any effect? Yeah, it chilled out. It might chill her. Mental, maybe. I think it chills her a little bit, but I think I need to not do the chewables and do the drops. Are they stronger? Just just really just like shoot shoot it in there. (laughs) Shoot it down her throat. 
I have a movie reference I could make to this, but I'm not going to make it because it's very bleak. But I do think that the drops are the it's right. It's Clockwork call. Orange. It's not Clockwork oh. Orange. It's the Savages. Isn't it the Savages where they start giving him the drops? Oh yeah, to put him to bed. To put him to bed. <laughs> to put him to bed. Because he's because he's an old man. Forever. Same. Anyway, welcome to another episode of Movies IMO. We are your three fave film fags. We're here to talk about movies. Today we're doing things a little bit differently, serving it family style. We have a fun theme. How many are in your party? We've Just kidding. Three. We <laughs> You're going to want to order ten dishes. <laughs> well, we're doing top tens later. We are. So, so the I'm theme. I'm so excited. The, That's me the too. thing I'm most excited I'm, yeah, about. Yeah, let's, let's get through let's the movies. Let's skip the ahead. homework. So it's not even homework. So the main topic today is we, we each have an opportunity to bring one movie to the podcast that we wish we had been able to talk about on the mic. A movie that we wish we could have seen, that we, that we know we should have seen by now. And the podcast has been an excuse for us to bring these types of movies mm-hmm. to talk about, to cross them off the list. Yep. So we have brought, uh, each of us have brought a movie apiece. I brought Clute. Um, Clute! What do you bring? Oh, I brought AI colon artificial intelligence. And I brought Dancer in the Dark. And thank you so much for bringing Dancer That's in the Dark so because I thought you had seen it. I have not seen it. Meanwhile, I was spoiling it in gay I'm, chat. Oh, I know what everyone knows what happened. Okay, I'm I, the I, only person who's seen all both of, of the other two. I you wondered. guys had two new to use on this episode, Correct. right? You both did. I had although two I, new although s- I had seen the first twenty five minutes of Clue. Right. Okay. So you've seen Dancer in the Dark for the first time. Both yeah, of you. that fucked Whew. me up. Um, five star film. When I, I it's a five it star film. From Four to six thirty a.m. I've been watching. Good morning. Here I am. Get the board. Oh, Oh, no. And I immediately went to. This is the next. Bette Midler saying, dance until you die. (laughs) That is. Oh. It is the most. We're spoiling the movies. I've never seen Kara Seymour and not thought. I love Samantha Morton. When I like, I always, I always think it's Samantha Morton. It See, looks I, just I like her. I spent the entire movie going, I know who that is. Yeah, who is that? Kara Seymour. She has a she has a camo face. Yeah. She just she looks like Samantha Morton to me. She does. She does. Um, so for the homework, was that a five star film for you? Four and a half. I might do four and a half. Yeah, and for no other reason. The production than, history. No, I just, the people not being able to actually sing. No, I just I York just can sing, Brandon. I'm talking about literally everyone. Did you know else. that Peter just, Stormare was dubbed David by Morse. Tom York? Oh, really? Who is? Uh, so Peter Stormare, who plays the the one who's courting her uh-huh. from Fargo, the guy mm-hmm. with the truck. Yeah, the guy with the truck. He his vocals are dubbed by Tom York of Radiohead. Oh, I didn't know that because he wrote, which is crazy because uh, he's the one almost the worst too. singer on the. You just right? did. He wrote uh, the the Oscar song. I've seen Bjork. it all. Tom yeah. York did? Uh-huh. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. There you go. Um, what were we talking about? Oh, the um, the homework this week. It's not really homework. We are all, after we talk about these three films, and I cannot believe we have not started yet, we are each going to share... 70 minutes in. I know. Our top 10 films that were new to us that <gasps> we watched for the podcast <gasps> that were not new releases. So basically, we're... The A segment, we're talking about movies that we wish we'd been able to talk about, and then in the B segment, which we've never called them before, and mm-hmm. the homework, it's like, these are the movies that I'm most thankful that for the podcast that we mm-hmm. got to And learn you can go listen to those episodes. Absolutely. Although I did not write down, I think I remembered my I list, didn't write which down. one, which episodes I mean, they're from. Well, I think I'll be able to figure it out. But I didn't oh, which episodes they're, they're from? from. But uh, I'm sure I'll be able to figure it out. I didn't do that, out. but I'll be able to figure it out, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so Who where do we want to start? start? <laughs> Let's start with the brightest 
picture in, there. in the dark and then go to <laughs> then go down in bleakness so Clute, ai this is controversial i mean possibly it could i mean yeah. I, I would say Clute ai dancer in the dark dancer in the dark is the have, most depressing movies i movie i've ever seen in my entire i would life. have time for somebody who would flip dancer in the dark and AI. i i agree yeah but no, none of us are this and people. if i were if i had my druthers i would cut ai at the darkest point and end the movie there. Well, that's why I give it four and a half stars. Ultimately. I thought about giving it four and a half this time because I don't love the alien section. I don't hate it. I don't hate it either, but I would, and then I would just, I like, I would like it to end with that nice pullback. He's going to sit there He's forever and for, for a thousand, green two fairy. thousand years. The blue fairy. I, no, I like the alien I think epilogue. the alien stuff mm-hmm. is most interesting in context with Spielberg's opinions of aliens. Totally. Because these are benevolent, similar to the Close Encounters of researching. I will say something... Forgotten planet. Something that I like about the alien design at the end of AI is that when we first meet David, it's through this... Uh, we haven't yet pulled focus, and so he's far away, and it looks like he has a tiny little head and a skinny yeah. neck and then a long body, mm-hmm. yeah. which is exactly what the aliens look like. So there's this sort of beautiful symmetry to the poet, or the beautiful sure. poetry to the symmetry about mm-hmm. how David was always meant to end up with them. Yeah, right. In some way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because no, David's I like that. goals are impossible. Yeah. Like maybe we should just start with AI. Yeah. Okay. Let's start with AI. AI. Yeah. It is the fairy tale, so that in so, a way makes it the happiest. Ben. Yeah. Ben. I don't know if you saw, but after some I of you. some of you after I watched AI. Mm-hmm. Oh, should I do it? Happy birthday, Mattis Bomber. Because oh, this birthday, comes yeah. out on his birthday. Yes. Shout out. Happy birthday last episode. It is the Our last Rebecca episode forever. you'll be living rent-free inside of. However, there are 99 other episodes. It was his birthday to. last year that uh, the Iron Lady memes began <gasps> when he and I were at TIFF. <gasps> Damn, girl. Sam Herbst, and we were laughing our heads off. What a wonderful film. The Iron Lady. A wonderful film. Mm. Um, So after I watched AI, I did a Spielberg ranking on Letterboxd. Let me pull that up right now, because I I may have thoughts. You're going to have hardcore notes. Wait, let me rearrange before you look at it. I feel bad. I don't have a Spielberg rank on him. Is Spielberg our most talked about director? I feel like he has to. He definitely is. Here's the thing. I have a list on Letterboxd. You're going to have notes, but I'm I'm pretty happy with my ranking. I have a list on Letterboxd of every movie. You're not going to like we're War Horses, obviously. War Horses is a great film. Number one. (laughs) I really learned to love War Horse on this podcast. Really well, okay, film. Spielberg ranked. Well, you're going to not like Well, any. the number one is probably right. Thank you. We should say, so Brandon's list from the bottom to the top is oh, God. Temple of Doom, The Terminal. Wrong. It's a beautiful Jacques Tati riff. You like The Terminal. I like it fine. I think it's fine. I like it fine. Nothing's lower than three stars here. I don't think here. that Spielberg gets enough credit for the airport that he builds. This is my- And f- not just that he built it. Like the, the It is in my favorite- of the Spielberg periods, which is Catch Me If You Can, AI, Minority, Minority Report. Report, Catch Me If You Can, The Terminal, Munich is yeah. I think it's the best solid. Spielberg period. Oh, and then he there are that with Indiana Jones four. There are gaps because I haven't seen some. Okay, Spielbergs. so then Brandon has Indiana Jones, uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, War of the Worlds. Wrong. War of the Worlds is a Oh, World of Worlds. Trenchant 11 commentary. War of the Worlds is so good. I oh. haven't seen. I haven't rewatched it. War of the Worlds is fantastic. But I also still gave it three and a half stars. There's a wonderful moment of War of the Worlds that really speaks to 2004, 2005, when it came out. Yeah. Which is that, so Tom Cruise, America's favorite guy, he's the divorced dad. We're 
even though he's kind of a fuck up, we're automatically on his side because he's Tom Cruise, mm-hmm. and he hates his ex-wife's new husband yep. because he is a health food nut, mm-hmm. and he That's likes right. hummus. And there's a whole hummus. joke where Tom Cruise is like, hummus? That belongs <laughs> in the trash, not in my mouth. <laughs> there's a whole I'm going to hum- go jump out of the helicopter. There's a whole hummus thing. But I, I think there's something incredible about like the doomsday anxiety. That I, that I do take issue with Jurassic Park being number one. Because E.T.'s number one? I think he's number two. Well, in my heart. Right. I believe. And I just, I don't know how you could put it above Schindler's List or E.T. I mean, I put E.T. above Schindler's List. I'm right. fine. I'm perfectly comfortable. I know. Here's so the thing. Here's so the thing. I really I really reckoned with where I put Schindler's List. It's okay? hard. Because, it hard because to... it's number one, right? Right. But Jurassic Park and E.T. are just so... Let's not know. lose it. Jurassic Park is the greatest film ever made when it comes to the mechanics, the tight script, it's a great the plants movie. and payoffs. It is a perfectly composed. It would be it, actually. It I, kills. Wouldn't, I wouldn't put it above Raiders either. No, I wouldn't either. Actually, put what above Raiders? Even though it, Jurassic, Jurassic Park, Park is the greatest film of all time, I would put Raiders above it. Like oh really? E. T. Schindler's List, Raiders are the top three. To e. T. Like Schindler's I can't. List, Raiders. Lincoln would like a word. And no, you haven't I'm seen Close Lincoln's Encou- pretty high. You should high. watch Close Encounters of the Third Kind. I think you'd really like it. Yeah, I need to We should to watch see it. it together because I've seen it four times and I don't really like it that much. I like now, it. Now, but I, th- I don't love it. I try. Th- I have this lifelong journey with Close Encounters. I mean, Close I'd probably give it like a four and a half. Like, <laughs> like the characters in Close Encounters are drawn to that place out in the desert. I am drawn back to Close Encounters again and again mm-hmm. and again to see if I can finally hook into yeah. it. And I just don't. Guys, I think I'm going to edit my list as we're sitting here. Great. Why don't I think? I think Raiders should be number one. I mean, Raiders Damn, it's is jumping from four to one. Flawless. Raiders is a flawless piece of work. It's just, it's lower because I've watched Jurassic Park, E.T., and Schindler's List more recently. Did I tell you guys that? Raiders really holds up when you rewatch it. Did I tell you guys that the uh, TCM I mean, classic, it's one of the best movies ever made. At the TCM Classic Film Festival this year, I sat in the back row because I was working uh, for a Raiders screening in the Chinese theater. With Ben Burt and the other sound guy whose name I don't remember, doing a whole chat beforehand about how they manufactured every single sound in the opening sequence. Mm. And this is like a 30 minute Mm -hmm. preamble. And then watching that and understanding how they got like the arrows to fling and flutter, and then watching it, it is astonishing. Yeah. Unbelievable. Great movie. Yeah, I mean, I think we all know the noise of, uh, I think I'm getting this right, but like the totem head being pulled up is Mm -hmm. a toilet seat. Is, is it, or is like the top, oh, that's the, funny. It's not. It's the toilet bowl. It's like oh, the top of the toilet that, being pulled off. I love that. I think is that sound effect. Okay, I've rearranged. Keep going up the list. Okay, well I have to refresh <laughs> now. Hope AI is still on there because we got to talk about that at some point. <laughs> Never. Okay, so Brandon, where did we leave off? We left off at War of the Worlds, and then War Horse. I see he's anti-war. A little bit of a dove over here putting the war films at the bottom. Uh, Last Crusade. Yeah, above Temple of Doom. Last Crusade is better than Temple of Doom. Temple of Doom is not good. Okay. Well, I do not like any of the Indiana Jones sequels. Not even on like throw it on TV. Never. Rewatch it Hate casually. Them. Last Crusade is them. heads and shoulders above it's Temple of goofier. Doom. It's goofier. It's goofier. The camaraderie between Sean Connery. Dunya. It's great. Junior. Temple of Doom is also racist. It is racist. Yes. No, and that's the worst thing about it. So but I can't give just Temple to, of Doom Just a to pass. say it, I think that three out of four of the Indiana Jones movies, and I'm not including the fourth one only because I don't remember, but mm-hmm. have some 
dubious representation yes. issues. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, Timbal. Anyway, let's on fire through this. So, so then, uh, Ready Player One. Hell interesting. Yeah. Better than Warhorse. Interesting. Thank you. The Post. Le, le, le Post, as le, they call le it in post. France. Catch Me If You Can. That's probably in my top five. Hell yeah. The Color Purple. Great film. One thing I noticed in AI, you know the shot in Color Purple where we see Danny Glover through the the smudgy windows? There's that one little spot that is mm-hmm. clean yeah. and you see his head right in it. Yep. He pulls this a few times in AI. Yeah, he does. Which is, it's a wonderful shot and composition. Mm-hmm. You think about like Spielberg deciding, like Spielberg framing a shot. Mm-hmm. It seems so, in- I feel like we talked about this on the podcast. It feels so intuitive. Yeah. And yet he is the one directing our, I mean, he's directing the film, but I mean like he's directing us, the viewers, yeah. to each of these precious points of the story. Mm-hmm. Like he makes it seem so secondhand. But yeah. It takes a real shrewd instinct to get he's us there. A man. He's a master. master. Anyway, AI number eight. Lincoln number seven, Minority Report number six, Minority Report, and then top yes. five. Brandon's top five is oh my god, Jaws. Yes, Schindler's List, which went down to number four. It did. Oh, because Raiders e- went up. E.T., Jurassic Park, Raiders of the Lost. Okay, honestly, Raiders, Jurassic, E.T., Schindler's are tied for first. Okay. Okay, great. That's fine. <laughs> That's fine. I. What do we all think about AI? <laughs> yes, Ben. I we still think... have to talk about Clute. One of the most... <laughs> we still got to talk about Dancer in the Dark. Oh. One of the most beautiful images that Steven Spielberg has ever produced is uh-huh. when David falls into the sea and we go to the reverse shot of Jude Law and there's David mm. tumbling down the, the reflection the of the glass like a tear on his face. Yes. It is wild that this yes. movie is pre-9-11. It because is. Because that echoes the falling man so disturbingly. Mm-hmm. And, so it's, and it's very weird to see the Twin, the twin Towers, towers yeah. in, in, in the apocalyptic yeah. I will say day after tomorrow version of Credit to Spielberg for not going in there and erasing it years later. Because yeah. I feel like George Lucas would. Yeah. Or Ridley Scott would. Right? In the hands of a lesser filmmaker. No. Well, because he did change E.T., uh, in the wake of 9/11, there's a when on the Halloween when when the mom sees the brother's Halloween costume and the brother's dressed as Osama bin Laden. Right? He originally says the mom says you look like a terrorist, and it was changed to you look like a hippie. There you go. But wait a minute, wouldn't that be more in reference to white terrorism, like Oklahoma City terrorism? The movie was made before that. Yeah, but I any, don't know. Anyway, that's the whole thing. It's just the word terrorist became so, a thing. AI. Who wants to do the plot of this one? AI. Oh, you have to. Because it's your movie. Opens on a professor played by William. Yeah. Hurt. Hurt. Yeah, okay. Sorry, I, my brain. I almost said John Hurt. So William right. Hurt. Star of Indiana Jones in the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. True. And he's talking about making robotic children. They've done robots, but never children who, <laughs> who love. We got to think about love here. This who is love. What, AI love. is what who we love. talk and about. Imprint when, when we, we talk, talk about, about love. love. They imprint on their own, their owner, their parent. So they're giving this a whirl. Cut to David. Haley Joel Osment <laughs> played by nope. David played, played by, by Haley Joel Osment. Mm-hmm. Better performance than his performance is Sixth Sense. Thank I agree. You. It's his best performance. Um. He is David. He is a child. Who loves. Who loves. And <laughs> He's a robot who loves. And he is given to a family who has lost their own child. Played by the little brother from Lizzie McGuire. Okay. Great yes, detail. Yes, that's right. Great color there. Thank you. And um, 
the mom's a little freaked out. <laughs> What's this robot doing in my home? This is Act One. Goes on for forty-five act one minutes. Of seven. Yeah. Yep. And then Act Two, we are introduced to Gigolo Joe. Jim, Bob, what's his name? Gigolo Joe. Joe. Played by you skipped a few things. Jude but... Law. Whatever. I'm doing a you know it's a skim over. Jude Law. <laughs> it's he's elliptical. A, he's a gigolo. He's a he's a man of the land. No, man of the ladies. And you know he he's on meets Pleasure Island. He's on Pleasure Island where he meets David, who's been dropped off. Remix. Yeah, he's been dropped off. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know where you get that from. Dropped off by the mom. She's like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> and she drops him off in the <laughs> She's woods. She's like, don't go that way or they will kill you. Yeah, which is wonderful. You they forgot that kill you. the son, their dead son wakes up from a coma. Oh, <laughs> so he gets replaced. Which is why they kick him out. Right. All right. Well, semantics. I'm just kidding. Um, and then. <laughs> Robotics. And then Jude Law, befriends David. Stanley. <laughs> And then um, he's looking for a blue fairy because in, in the Pinocchio legend, there's a blue fairy that brings the, the boy to life. Okay. I want to be a real boy. Yeah, I want to be a real boy. They go to Dr. Knowledge. It's so fucked up when the brother is like, <laughs> it's like, let's read this story, It's Dr. Mom. No, Brandon. Oh. <laughs> the whole joke is that it's like Dr. No from James Bond. Oh. Dr. Knowledge. And I thought it's good. I thought Skyfall was your favorite movie of the year. It is. And then he finds Blue Fairy, and then he sits staring at her for 2,000 years, and then aliens arrive. The end. Wonderful. Basically correct. And then he gets one last day with Mommy. And Brandon, that is hands down the best plot description I've ever heard on this program. That was good. That was a good one. Watch the movie. It's on Netflix. I know. Brandon, I watched it on your Netflix account. So thank you very much. Are you using mine? Yes, you signed in for The Iron Lady. That's not mine. No, it is when when I'm playing as Wings. Mm. I love that. Don't let Devin know. Devin doesn't know shit. Devin doesn't listen to this podcast. All right, so that's the plot. Good movie. Bleak as fuck. Mm -hmm. This movie ruined my life, as Ben predicted. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what to expect. I expected whimsy. I expected fun, frolicking. It's very I did not expect absolute crushing. Love is not real. You will never be loved back. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Ethical implications that will send you to an early grave. I mean, the underwater New York is one of the most... Haunting, right? Post-apocalyptic images, but I wanna, like that's our future. But I want to talk. I was about like, that. wow, twenty years ago, the idea Spielberg knew. No, but the idea of Spielberg covering everything and pissing shit, mm-hmm. like Spielberg's gonna leave his bright side optimistics to the side. He's gonna take a hard look. He's gonna give a Kubrick stare on it, mm-hmm. which is not how he makes this movie. Which is why I think it is so strong. In the underwater New York stuff, which is some of the bleakest post-apocalyptic American imagery like ever put to film, after Halo Joel Osment tumbles to his death from the skyscraper, recall or doing the fallen man, falling man thing before that was even a yeah. thing, he falls to the bottom of the ocean, and then as we pass a waterlogged Radio City music hall, a school of fish pick him up and shuttle him so bright and skippily <laughs> right through the water. It's like it's, like that Spielberg touch in yeah. such a dark moment mm-hmm. just makes me so happy. It's yeah. true. Like he couldn't help himself. He's like, I think there should be a really nice school of fish <laughs> that helps him out. 
I also had no idea that this was originally Kubrick's movie. Yeah. yeah. What's yeah. the that? Teddy Ruxpin character? The Teddy character? Yeah. Like the Teddy Bear? Yeah. What do you mean? What, oh, I love is, the Teddy Bear. What is bear. the name of the bear? Teddy. I just know Teddy. Teddy. Because Teddy Ruxpin is a real animatronic bear that I had as a child. Oh. And was a very big thing. So this like is Teddy 2.0. Oh. Mm-hmm. It, it was not sentient. No. <laughs> like this it could not stay alive for 2,000 years no. beneath the And you'd put a lake. tape into it. <laughs> there were different tapes yeah. to do different things with the Teddy. This bear's fucked up looking. <laughs> this like bear is fucked up looking. Uh, that I love. I that. love that bear. I love, I love that bear. That bear. Paddington found dead in a ditch. Yes, truly. That this is Paddington's dad. This, it is Paddington's dad. Paddington's part robot. This is oh. literally Paddington's dad. I love that bear. There's a moment I love with Teddy where uh, Teddy. he and David are in the police helicopter swimming underwater, and David like knocks into something, and Teddy very seriously goes. David, be careful. Like, I love that Teddy is so serious-minded. Yeah. Like, in theory, Teddy would be comic relief. He's the teddy bear sidekick. And he's look always... At, the, look at Teddy Ruxpin. That no! Looks, that, looks like, that looks like Chucky. Chucky in That's bear a, form. Yeah, Chucky, Build-A-Bear Chucky. We had a Teddy Ruxpin. I don't like that. I don't <laughs> like we that. We had him. Okay. But instead, most, Teddy is the one I saying, him. we are in a cage. Ew, that one looks fucked up. <laughs> It's Build-A-Bear Chucky. Okay. The most disturbing image in this whole movie is when uh, the real- Where do you want to start? The, the son, the the human son- Lizzie McGuire's little brother. Gets- I forget what happens, but Haley Joel- David is- the, Oh, well, that's a little disturbing. He's like, I'm going to keep- I'm going to eat. Yes. Yeah, and, and then, then his like, face falls When off. he's shoving creamed spinach into his mouth. Yeah. And then but his not, face falls. Yeah. That he, it falls like very disturbing. Falls, um, no, but when no he's spoilers. in the bottom of the pool, mm. and you're just like watching him like down there, like no one's coming to get me. The graduate found Save dead me, in the ditch. <laughs> it's very sad. It's an extreme. The movie is sad. It's, it's, it's very sad. It is so punishing to its innocent protagonists mm-hmm. in the same way that Bjork is obliterated. It's very in Dance happy in the dark. It is. Yes, as he's not. For this world. Pure love. I find the imprinting scene so disturbing because... Mm. She doesn't really want to do it. Love? I don't think. She's she's just like, looking for love like all of us. Right. But, like all of but us. But the thing that's so scary, like the ethical implications that are so terrifying about David for me... I mean, there are several, right? But love is finite. Mm-hmm. And by which I mean like you can be with somebody until you die mm-hmm. and love each other all the way through. But then death comes and in, then and then, like love transforms and becomes something else. But the idea of that devotion mm-hmm. as a lifelong sentence Mommy. is terrifying. <laughs> yeah, what's well, like David? David will never grow up. No, David is disposable. Like, but what happens if he's not properly disposed of? Right, mm-hmm. like he will wander the earth looking for his mother and feel empty inside until he does, and he Mommy. will never find her. Mommy, he freezes She's himself dead. in ice for two thousand years on a quest for mom. She's dead. She's long, She's long gone. gone. But the, the 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 reason why I, the imprinting and do you think is, she remembered David? Like obviously she did. But do you think? Yeah, I think so. You don't forget something like that. Do you? You think, don't forget a boy like David. But do you think that she wondered if David was happy? Of course, you do. 
You don't no. think she was like that was a robot? And no, no, the hard time in my life. No, I th- no, I think I think, I think both can I think both can be true. But I think she was like, God, that was a weird thing we did. She wouldn't have told David, "Don't run towards." True. That, if she didn't care, that's, that's true. She loved David. But do you think that that would have gone away when, as she she, grew? she lived her life? But like, everyone was there. Like the whole family was there. Like you remember when our son almost died at the like pool the because of our robot son? Like they remember the robot. Kid I was just gonna say something really dark, and I'm not. Gonna go for it. Say it. It's, like it's the, the last movie. episode. It's like the movie One Child Nation. Oh, I haven't seen it yet. Oh, is that good? It's, it's pretty good. It's dark. It's fuck. It's I Amy Tolman liked it. I think it's 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 about the China's one child policy, which was in existence from like the late '70s to about five years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just it's like this woman now lives in America. Is the director? She's going back and learning about. She has a brother because they lived in a rural area, so they were allowed to have a second child. And all of a sudden, very quickly. It becomes like she goes to see the midwife that birthed her. And she's like, do you remember how many children you've helped birth? And she's like, no, I don't remember. But I've I've aborted and killed at least 50 to 60,000. <gasps> oh, wow. And she's like, I remember that because I'm guilty. And like like the things that the that Republicans say that happen in America, that's what happened in China. Like right. Hunting down women who are eight months pregnant and killing the baby. Right. Because they've already had a baby. Right. Oh, I my plan God. to see it. It's dark as fuck. Really, it, is, it is worth seeing. I really want to see it. Anyway, but sorry. I, no, that's on track with AI. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, the Paradise Island. What's it called? Pleasure Island. Leg, legs Land. <laughs> that's when they turn into donkeys in the, yeah. in the Disney Pinocchio. And get wasted. <laughs> Uh, the, the 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 arena where like uh-huh. the robots oh, the flesh fair the flesh fair where the robots are corralled up yeah. very much like you know what's happening in America today. Um, this is one of those moments where like what happened to you, Stephen? Like I know. bringing that vision to life. Right. I mean, it's obviously recalling the Holocaust in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. Yes. Yes. Um, but when Brendan Gleeson puts David up on the thing, and everyone's like, "That's a child." That's a child. And then they It's so Isaac Asimov, the... it's like almost two on the nose. Mm-hmm. It totally works. Yeah. But yeah, these, the, I, I just, what I love about the film is it takes a simple premise, which is what if they were robot children who were engineered to love their parents? Mm-hmm. And then it spins off in Sony, it spins yeah. off in Sony. It's like David is told he's unique and then he, yet he goes into that room where he finds like a hundred other, other Davids. Davids. Like what happened? And what was the female? Oh, you don't pick it up with your fingers. <laughs> you remember when you told Brandon not to be such a baby? Mm-hmm. As I just like grab oh, it. God. I'm going to get more wine. You have on to that, move. Though. It's fine. I'm, it's I'm looking for a new apartment. <laughs> I love the tenants unionized. You, you and the other tenants are 30, oh, to, that that 30 to 50 on your block. Unionizing. They didn't call me back. Wow. I, should, I, call, I should call them again. You should call them again. Follow up. Is it really on my block? Done. I was almost said your street name. Oops. I don't remember what two streets it's between, but it's near you for sure. They're definitely like a two-minute walk from each other across the place. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to finish my point, but uh, do we want to say anything about Haley Joe Osment's performance? Very good. I don't sleep, but I can lay quietly and not make a peep. He is stunning in this film. He like mm. everybody, Every character in the movie touches his face like, I can't believe you're not a robot. 
Halo Joe Osment plays it so smartly because he's constantly reminding you that he's a robot, and yes. yet you get the sense that he is growing a soul and a memory and feelings as mm-hmm. the movie goes on. Mm-hmm. So that even though he so desperately wants to become a human boy, which is impossible because he is, you know, he's a mecha, he's a yeah. machine. At the end of the film, we're meant to believe that he finally dreams. So he becomes right. a real boy, right? But I just don't... Androids do dream of electric Do shape. they dream of electric shape? Uh, but I think that that's credit to Halo Joe Osment's performance. It is. That, you, that, that doesn't feel so unforgivably hokey that you turn the movie off with 15 seconds to go before the movie would have ended anyway. Yeah. But I credit him on that. Yeah. Sorry, this is unrelated, but... Does By Neon, does yes, does Neon also have Portrait of a Lady? Yes. So you're telling me Neon has Parasite and has the two best there. movies of the year. Haven't seen on their slate. Sure. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wait, we have no choice but to stand. Good for them. I'm so cautious about Portrait of a Lady. I have I just because of how I feel about Girlhood, mm. oh, which I've I think is a, which I think is a good movie, but is a little like distant for me. Sure. So I'm just like a little bit cautious about it, but it feels like the the acclaim is obviously a huge bump from Carol. Yeah. So like theoretically that means it's a Some bump. Some people said Carol was too distant. It's true. Uh, we're never going to do a portrait of a lady on fire I know. episode. Something I would like to say about AI. Yeah, please. Is I think it's my favorite of the Yanush Spielberg movies. Because I don't always love Yanush and what he brings to the table. Is you that know, you is know that I don't? Cinematographer. You know I don't. Mm-hmm. The, the the light is streaming through, baby. Everywhere. But this is probably where it feels most appropriate. Yes. And yeah. like when there's like unmotivated light just like shining from the dinner table beneath them, it like you're like, well, it's a robot movie. It, it makes sense. It's both yeah. futuristic and subjective from yeah. David's point of view. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite Yanush movie is Schindler's List, which I think is the movie that finally made me understand him. Because the flooding of the light works so brilliantly in black and white because mm-hmm. you were playing with gradients. Of, right. of, you know what I mean? Uh, it's not simply black and white. There's a thousand shades of gray. Mm-hmm. And I think that his flooding of light builds a lot of that and builds really nice contrast yeah. in a way that becomes very painterly. And when it's in these harsh contrasts of black and white, I think it's brilliant. Yeah. And that made me realize that I was being a Luddite on some level. I guess that would be the word that I use by saying that that can't also apply to a color film. Yeah. By saying that, oh, no, no, only in black and white can we play with that sharp and drastic of a contrast. Like that's I sound like an idiot, you know. I, so I, that made me learn to understand what he does. I still think Warhorse is ridiculous in that he has light coming in from Yanush. four four sides of a farmhouse, Warhorse. which is impossible. Mm. Masterpiece. Warhorse. Warhorse. Is great. Warhorse, Warhorse. Is great. Well, if I had not already seen Warhorse, that would be on my list to come later uh, about movies. Uh, I was glad. I I'm so excited to get to our list. Warhorse. Okay, AI. So AI. AI. Great AI. movie. Next. Great movie. Very upsetting. Uh, hope is a dangerous thing for a robot like me to have. Cool. Great. Next. As we go on, we remember all the times we had together. And as our lives change from whatever, we will still be friends forever. Time for Clue. Clue! 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 Let's do it. One of my favorite movies. Clue. 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 Clue.
Alma said Clute is about a sex worker named Edie Brickell. So let me just start over. This is the oh. fifth time I've seen Clute Good in for you. five years. Clute is a film about a sex worker named Bree, played by James Bree Daniel. Bree Daniel. Oh, Bree Daniel. Oh, watch her to come up and fuck me in the ass sometime. <laughs> Bree Daniel. She, she, does she, she, has she like, say that? I mean, she does have like a Mae West. She has like a Mae West tone. energy, right? Um, it's, I mean, it's fantastic. That when, mm. when she first meets Clute behind the door and she's like, wait a minute. You're a you're not a cop, you're not FBI, you're a private detective. And then she flashes <laughs> wow. a little smile. She's like, well, do, 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 and then closes the door, and you think she's then going to let him in, and then she just never lets him out. Yes, but that so like good. smile, she's like, give me a fucking break face, uh, and then goes back into the Jane Fonda, one of my top ten best actress winners of all time. Yeah, I mean, this is one of the great performances. It but is. so Clute is about Bree Daniel, a sex worker in New York, who's trying to get out of the game and pursue a career as an actor. Mm-hmm. She had a John in the past, who we were meant to believe she had a John in the past, mm-hmm. who has gone missing. Gundecker or something. Gundecker. Gundecker. <laughs> Machine we'll Gundecker. He's gone missing, and his friend, John Clute, played by Donald Sutherland, a small town private Grunemann. Grunemann. <laughs> Gru- mm, Gru- oh, Grunemann. Bless- Grunemann. Oh, yeah, Grunemann. Oh, I know Grunemann. 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 We, we lunch on Saturdays, Grunemann. Uh, ah, so John Clute, small town Pennsylvania boy, mm-hmm. is sent into New York to track down the whereabouts or the reason of the disappearance for this guy. Grunman. For Grunman. Ah, Grunman. He's been hired by one of Grunman's friends, a New York City uh, real, Where'd, where'd uh, you go, real Grunman? estate developer. Big capitalist. Cable. Big capitalist. Cable. Cable. Get the cable. Clute reports to me. <laughs> I'm the premium cable. Is it weird that I have a problem that this movie's called Clute? It I, should it should be called Bree. But Clute, I think that Clute is ultimately refracted through Bree's Bree. lens. Sure. And it's called Clute because this is the chapter in her life that involves John Clute. Clute. Right. It's not Clute's story. The film never pretends to be Clute's no, story. No, it doesn't. No. Like, that's not, Which that's, is great. That's not like a retroactive feminist analysis I'm giving. Right. Like, the film doesn't really care about Clute. Yeah. She, she part, wins the Oscar. Yes, exactly. You know? Yeah. Donald Sutherland wins the honorary Oscar decades mm. later. Yeah. Anyway, so no, Brie, that makes sense. Brie and Clute have a very hesitant but initial, uh, or an initially hesitant but uh, later a little more uh, more sexual. I wasn't gonna say sexual. I was Perhaps gonna say romance. A little more intimate of a relationship to track down the killer of women because when we find out mm-hmm. that a number of other sex workers in New York have been killed who are also tied to Gruneman. Ah, uh, Grunman. Framed for suicide. Framed, and they've been framed for suicide. One's a junkie, mm-hmm. um, and one, I don't remember, has disappeared. That's they both the plot. They oh, both... they were both? Quote, I'm saying quote unquote yes, they were both referred That's to the as language junk, in the film. Junkies. Yeah. So, uh, where to start with Clute? I, this, I've not seen a movie this paranoid in a very long time. Ah, uh, this movie invented. Yeah, right, right. The paranoid thriller of what, the 1970s. What I love... So much about Clute. There's so many things, and I want to talk about all of them. Mm-hmm. But how Pacula, and it was directed by Alan J. Pacula. 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 I tweeted today, can someone tell me how to pronounce Pacula? It's Pacula. Fonda says, Fonda says Pacula. Does she? I will I, always say Pacula. Because I used to work. I always say Pacula in my head, too. I, I used to work at a talent agency called Pacula King and Associates. Oh. Not related to the Pacula, but. Not related he, to Steve King. He right? would always have to say, like, no, not Pakula. Not that Pakula. Uh-huh. 
And he's always so I've it heard is Pakula. It is but Pakula. Here's what I love about Pakula's direction and Gordon Haskell Willis's. Wexler. Did he Gordon shoot Willis. The, Gordon Willis? So forgive me. Those I get, it's getting Haskell. Gordon Wexler, Willis. Getting Gordon Willis it's and Haskell Gordon. Wexler confused is this movie the does of, what the conversation often gets credit for. Is the point that I would like to make. Okay. Well, why don't you start with oh, your point and then I'll make my point. Just that. How many years did conversation come out after? Three. Three. And it's Gordon Willis also, yeah. but it's just this like paranoid thriller and the way like the blacks of the film yes. are so rich and thick and layered luscious dark, and dark complicated. and complicated is and in the way that the sound design is played with so in the tapes yeah so i see i lo- i do love the conversation but i do too but now i want to talk about the sound design when i still want to make my first point i mean i love everything about this movie this is a mm-hmm. perfect fucking film has changed the way that I look at movies. Great movie. Um, but what I like about the way that the paranoia comes into it, both from Gordon Wilson's perspective and Pakula's and mm-hmm. Fonda's, is that Pakula and Fonda keep building these scenes of domestic bliss vis-a-vis interiority, like being, ha- or personal contentment, being happy yeah. alone. Like, struggling to be happy alone. Obviously, she's in therapy. Mm-hmm. She doesn't like herself. She doesn't yeah. like her choices. Uh, but I love when she's reading about the star signs and she's so so amused but like mm, she's sitting at home drinking white wine getting a little high reading about the star signs while doing it gets in bed it's a very nice scene Mm -hmm. wouldn't we all want to wind down this way Mm -hmm. yes and then we either get the piercingly loud telephone coming in which is terrifying or we cut to a window across the street with a man silhouette looking at her yeah like the way that th- this this invasion of privacy continually throughout the film yeah. is just brilliantly sculpted mm-hmm. and terrifying. This movie scared the shit out of me. It's so scary. Yeah, it's just scary. Yeah, it's simply scary. It's simply. Can I say spooky. my favorite scene in the movie is a very Absolutely. small scene when she meets a producer or something and she's showing him her headshots mm-hmm. and she, I think, is the best scene that Jane Fonda has ever done in her entire career and the the producer is like do you think you know yourself and in that moment her confidence just goes it's gone and she's like well I, I, I lose myself in acting and he's like no that's wrong and he's right and she's like oh, I guess I know myself as much as anyone she's just like a little child like unable to cope totally wow. brilliant. Totally I love, brilliant. I love the way that scene ends too which is that he touches her unwanted. Mm-hmm. She flinches, and at the same time, the buzzer for the door goes in the mm, same That's time. right. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Another brilliant use of the sound design as interiority here. Yeah, it's brilliant. Because the phone is not actually ringing that loud. It's because that's right. how Brie perceives it. Right. right. And for all we know, the buzzer didn't buzz even at that timbre, mm-hmm. you know? But the way that she recoils at his touch because it was not asked for or consented to. Yeah. And then we hear this alarm in the yeah. background. I just mm-hmm. think it's fantastically well made. Yeah. Yeah. And something I hate in this movie. Oh. Is <laughs> when she's when she's reading the star signs book and then on the radio it's like it's now midnight and she's like okay it's bedtime and then she like doesn't really get into bed any differently she's like already in bed reading. 
and she puts the book down and she just then like closes her eyes and leans back and then the phone and she's rings. like still sitting up and it's like no you would fully readjust your body yes and it always bothers well that me. shows how much brie doesn't know herself it's true i really like that moment because i like that whole scene yeah uh, me too because it's about routine and it's about mm. the way it's that very we Jean it's absolutely jean demon the way Hell that we yeah. build security for ourselves in our routine and how it is violated continually yeah. throughout this film yeah i think it's phenomenal What's Linda doing every point i'm gonna make is gonna end it and i just think it's phenomenal yeah. it's phenomenal i mean it's just a phenomenal piece of filmmaking i like when I she love... licks the cat food that's a great moment that is cinematic gesture why does she do that that was just the take she like absentmindedly I... licked it licked See, the spoon i think that obviously as we've already said pakula and gordon willis bring so much to this film mm-hmm. but i think jane fonda this is a great example of as of actor as auteur mm-hmm. even though i'm not saying that jane fonda is the only one driving the film hardly yeah but in moments like that, where she is deciding the direction of the film, deciding the direction of the character, she's doing it in collaboration with yeah. other creatives, but she's a real driving force behind I it. I love that scene because she's like, she's making her smoothie. She's it's getting great. ready for the day. It's her, it's her routine. It I really, love that. It really like, and, then she gets, and then she gets a knock yeah. on the door. And she's like, oh, well, my routine is interrupted. Mm. I think something that I love so much about the film's narrative structure mm-hmm. is how the killer is given away by act two mm-hmm. like really early on mm-hmm. and it's not just dramatic irony for us to feel smarter than the characters or anything like that but it gets said like partly just the banality of corporate evil mm-hmm. like that that it is all present and there's no denying it yeah yeah um and also again how when we're alone with clute and brie we feel like they're in control mm-hmm. they feel that they're in control yet we the audience have this other piece of information that undercuts all that, which yeah. in, again is not saying that like we know something you don't, ha ha ha. It's what he's getting at is the idea of how powerless we all are to capitalism and corporate yeah. control. Yeah, that's that's an interesting read of that because I was a little taken aback when like I think it's so chilling no, knowing who it is. The whole most of the movie. Yeah, and I was talking to Ben about this earlier today, but um, Roger Ebert's review of this was like um, he really liked it, but he didn't connect with he didn't think the thriller detective element worked Mm -hmm. um but then he ultimately was like well that that, it doesn't matter that's not the point right it is a MacGuffin. yes yeah and it is when i watch it it's hard for me to be like to follow that like oh why are we here i think it's less a MacGuffin and more of a turducken because we have like the turkey shell of the detective thriller and the duck in the middle the Mm -hmm. portrait of breeze and Mm. which Really, I need to watch this movie again because, like, I docked at half a star because I couldn't follow fully the, yeah. the thriller detective if element. You, if you look at my logs, it starts at a four. The second time I watched I, it, it was four and a half. No, I took a, sc- a five. I took a screenshot of this and I was going to present it as oh, evidence. Oh, so it literally five. grew on you. I was going to present it as evidence tonight because didn't you say recently that you don't like movies more the second time? It's true. This yeah. is it. Include is the exception that proves the rule, right? Yes. I I, also, I would have to watch it again because I do I do dock it because I don't follow the actual. It doesn't the matter. There. All that matters it doesn't is that matter. a woman has a, a foot on her neck. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, and can't, yeah. and it like produces this mood and this feeling, and you you're never not on her side, right? Mm-hmm. And so like that carries you through, even if you're like, wait, why are we talking to this person again? Who is this other sex worker? Why are we now in the club? And yeah. did she take drugs? Did she not? What is she doing with Roy Scheider? Like there are all He's these great questions. Yeah. He is, but then it's like. 
As long as I know what Jane Fonda is feeling, I can follow yeah. the movie. Yeah. The movie made me think a lot about two of the essays in Gia Tolentino's Trick Mirror, the mm-hmm. one about optimization and the one about the cult of difficult women. Sort of about how, like, Brie, like, how do we view Brie as a feminist icon, like, as a success story? Mm-hmm. Like, because she is able to manipulate a patriarchal structure, right? And then the second she tries to break from it is really when she gets in trouble. Right? Like she's living on Park Avenue. Mm-hmm. She has a very comfortable life, but she is still living within the confines of a patriarchal system. Yeah. And as soon as she tries to defy that, she has lost all respect, all agency in this business as yeah. a sex worker that really respects her and values her. And I'm not saying that sex work is something that like only exists because of patriarchy. Like I think sex work is a wonderful thing. It, it, it's a whole other conversation, mm-hmm. right? But it really made me think about those two essays because of that. Like as soon as she tries to break out of the patriarchal framework and succeed, like as a Cheryl, as like the Cheryl Sandberg of sex work. Yeah. She's punished for it. The, yeah. uh, the moment with the John early on where she looks at her watch while they're, so where they're fucking, that was like earth shattering to the men of Hollywood that really, yes, yeah, so that that's like a big moment that, oh, like, the women that I've paid to have sex with me aren't into it. Yeah, fake, 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 uh-huh. fake, fake. Yes, the fake, 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 fake. They're, like, that was a big deal. And, like, and it's also never been portrayed in film before that uh, that the sex worker is not into it. I yeah. love, I get, connecting to that, everything Jane Fonda talks about in therapy about why she likes the work itself because mm-hmm. she gets to be someone else, because mm-hmm. she gets to basically rehearse for mm-hmm. her sides. Yeah. Right. You know, she gets to try on all these different characters. And then we go, I believe we go straight from a therapy scene to her seeing the older man mm-hmm. who like doesn't touch her. And she's like, it's an easy gig. Yeah. And she's putting on this whole thing. It's like, I just got back from can like, and you know that my understanding is that Jane Fonda improvised all of the therapy mm. scenes. And I wonder wow. if she that feels that right. too. Um, I think that Jane Fonda is so keyed into the character's psychology that those therapy scenes work. Yeah. I also love the detail that she still goes to a child psychologist. Yes. I know. I do too. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Is it because she gets a cheaper rate? Is it because she's been going since she was a kid? Mm-hmm. Why is she there? I love the therapy scenes. So do I. Yeah, they're great. I find them intensely moving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good movie. Good. Incredible film. Movie. Incredible movie. Phenomenal. Now on Criterion. That, and I would like to buy it. And and yeah. I, I like I after I, I was like, I want to get this poster for my house. And I was like, oh, yeah. yes. I'm like, I don't want that poster. It, it's Clute. a it's a nice poster, but I don't mm-hmm. even want Donald Sutherland on it. Who's sure. who, by the way, is great in the he film. Is. Yeah, and there's that wonderful joke where uh, after she seduces him and then she mm-hmm. leaves, she's like, "I do that to all my Johns." Mm-hmm. His name is John Clue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cat. 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 I'm getting Cat. another beer. Great. Okay, we'll pause. No, before, we can't pause. We're not doing that. We're not cutting. We don't oh do my that. god. We don't do that anymore. We don't do that anymore. Are we here. moving on to Dancer in the Dark? Fuck yeah. Yeah. Dancer what a film. in the Dark is a film that won the Palm d'Or. Did it? Mm-hmm. And Best Actress, which they don't do anymore. And now it's against the rules. Fuck yeah. The Barton Fink rule. Well, not because of Barton Fink, but it also happened with Barton. Yeah. They now say if you win the Palm d'Or, you can only Is that one Bjork? Is John Turturro on WTF? No. He, he's, he's like, I'm only finally now getting Barton Fink. Uh, <laughs> he's like, I knew it was great. good intellectually, but I'm only now understanding why it's so great. That's, that's funny. so funny. Is this, was this the can where Bjork wore the swan? That was the, that Oscars. Was the Oscars. She wore the swan dress to the Oscars. I mean, she was a nominee. Wait. Best song for I've Seen It All. 
She's saying, I've seen it all on the Oscars wearing the swan dress. Yeah. Uh, Which, I didn't realize it got nominated for best song. After watching Dancer in the Dark, you think about how a swan is this beautiful, graceful creature that uh, obviously has had its neck wrung. Oh. And that's how it's around. That's how it's around her neck. Obviously, it's it's not a real swan, but when you think about it through that political lens... And about how that relates back to Selma and mm-hmm. Dancer in the Dark, all of a sudden it's a very disturbing statement. Yeah. Trenchant. Yikes. Politically. Is that, the, is that the song when she's on the train track? On the yeah. track. The yeah. train track song. Good song. Great song. I love all the music in this movie. Uh, the first song is so good. The, Do yeah, you want to yeah. explain what the movie is? Oh, yeah. Because so, I want to talk about that. The, so such a banger. The, it the, is the, a banger. The, Literally. Stick up. Boo. Slap. <laughs> She's just pointing. I've heard all the music before because I listen to Bjork. <laughs> oh, I've always wow. avoided the music in this movie because uh, I listen to Bjork too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't want to. I didn't want to. Like, I'll, I'll never listen to the Hamilton soundtrack until I sure. see Hamilton. Interesting. That's Fair. a choice that you will make. <laughs> I I do that too, though. All right, all right. Well, anyways, Dancer in the Dark. But I do want to listen to Oklahoma, the revival. Takes place in the early 1960s. Yes. Bjork plays a Czechoslovakian immigrant named Selma living on the property of two waspier Americans played by David Morse and Kara Seymour, Samantha Morton. <laughs> and <laughs> she works at a factory that makes these tin... I think they make sinks. Are those sinks? I think they're sinks. They're Or they're like... I thought they were like bedpans. Yeah, I thought they were like pans. That's better. Some, Bedpan is better. Of some kind. Metal metal objects better that are a receptacle of some kind. And whether it's shit or water. Well, she and That's she America, baby. works there with Catherine Deneuve and fellow immigrant. She is uh saving up her money and she has a degenerative eye disease and her son is going to inherit this illness and should I like she's really sa- get into she's yeah. saving up for the, his surgery? She's saving up to give the son a surgery so that he can not go blind when he is an adult. As the film progresses, progresses, progressive lenses. David Morse is uh, a, a bastard, and he—he's also a cop. He's a cop, and. He, they seem like the nice American couple, and they, a cop and his blonde wife. And his blonde wife, they buy the 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 son a bike for his birthday because Selma can't afford it, and he's inherited a lot of his money from his dead mother. Is that right? I believe you. I, I well, I no, that's, that's right. the whole thing. Because, no, I think that's right. Yeah, I just can't remember. That's so. he doesn't actually have any of the money. Right. Yeah. They blew through this money, and he is like, my wife, she just wants to buy things. She spends and spends. She spends and spends, and they're, mm-hmm. they're bankrupt. They're behind on their mortgage payment. They're behind but she doesn't on everything. Know the wife doesn't know any of this. David Morse is striking up a nice little friendship with Salma, who is basically blind, don't forget. And one night, they're drinking, and then David Morse pretends to leave. He opens the door of the trailer on the property and he closes it without actually leaving. And she thinks he's gone. Well, until, but first she's like, David Morse? Because mm-hmm. she knows that he's there. She, yeah. She knows. And she, he doesn't say anything back. So she trusts him. Mm-hmm. 
and yep, go, go ahead. And then she goes to her ironing board that's built in, and behind it is where she keeps her money in a tin in like a, a seasonal butter cookie tin, which was a gift yeah. from Kara Seymour. That's right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so then she's got all of her money in there. She puts the new her newest payment in there, and then at some point later, she works a night shift. Is that what happens? Are you getting at how she's fired? No, I wasn't going well, there. Excuse I was me. just going to go straight to she comes the home. Thievery. At, she comes home at some point. And there's thievery. She goes to after put, she's been fired from her job. Yes, she go. That's right. She goes to put money in because she put two sheet metals down. Can't that's do right. That. And do that. it takes a whole day to fix that machine. Yeah, it does. Yeah, so we should also get into the fact that this is movie's musical. Yes, uh, and she loves them. She loves old musicals, that's and how she, she goes escapes. to the movies with Catherine Deneuve. And Catherine Deneuve explains the movie on the screen dances to her. Dances in her hand with her dances fingers. Dances in her hand with the fingers. Beautiful. And, and a guy shushing And them. Catherine Deneuve's like, who gives you the right? <laughs> <laughs> who do you think you are? And she daydreams about musicals in her daily life. And they turn into actual songs in the film. And the color of the film changes. changes. Yes. The film is shot on DV. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if it is DV, but it, but it is. It's like a video. It's, it's a shot on tape. Yeah. yeah. yeah shot on tape. Yeah. yeah. So this is not a Dogma 95 film. It does not adhere to the strictures. No. At times it makes you think he's going to. Mm-hmm. And then he jumps into a musical number. But it very specifically says no murder <laughs> in Dogma 95 movies. And it must be shot on film. Not anymore. So there we are. Not anyway. Anymore. Anyway, so she. So then there's thievery. <laughs> Thievery afoot. And you know David Moore stole her money. Yes. And she goes to the house and she's like, you stole my money. I need the money back. And Kara's, he has told Kara Seymour that they had an affair. So that, that, no, that she came on to him. Oh, yeah. That she came on to him so that she doesn't... Uh, she's lacking credibility now. And then she goes to the house and she tries to get the money back. And Dave, David Morse is like, no, you stole this from me. He creates a scene. He, he creates her. a scene. He gaslights Gaslight. her in front of Kara Seymour. I mean, she's not in the room, but she's... He's a, speaking loud enough, like, this, when he's yelling, like, Selma, he's, get off It's me. performative so that she can hear it. Right. And then it the, it, the, the scene... I think about the scene, like, heated, once a week. And then <laughs> she is forced to kill him. And he wants he her begs to. Her. He begs her to. He's earlier in the film has said he would like to kill himself because of the money troubles. He wants to shoot himself. Mm-hmm. So she he Selma, forces Selma to shoot her, mm-hmm. shoot him, and then he's still alive. Mm-hmm. So she has to take. She a, takes the tin. No, she takes the the, the security the, box, the, the safety deposit box, and she kills him with it. She bashes his face in. That's some deposit. And then she goes to prison. Obviously. She has a bad trial. The the but, gay but don't, but don't the forget. gay musical director rats her out. Mm-hmm. Joel Gray rats her out. How rude. He's like, or that's she's not Joel here. Gray, but Joel Gray. She's here. How rude. Also, ooh, I love the ah, an ode, an ode to Lucretia and honoring Joker. <laughs> In honor of Joker, let's have another. And joke. So then she is sentenced to death for murdering this man and stealing his money, even though that's not what happened. But, but then she gets a stay. Which she basically refuses because she doesn't want her son to know that she is 
essentially saving his life. Yes. And she doesn't want the money that she saved up for the son to go to, to the pay lawyer. To the lawyer. Because she had a shitty court-appointed lawyer. He's like, oh, your friend Catherine Deneuve. I loved her in the Umbrellas of Cherbourg. She's <laughs> actually hired me, and, uh, you know, I do have a fee, and uh, she gave me all the money she had. And it was... Uh, and someone it was, was like, exactly the, the amount, amount of, of money. And, and we were like, did it count to $2,040? And 10 cents? And 10 cents? And he's, he's like, like, well, it's certain. Why, yes. And she's like, I don't want you. I pass. Bjork is so good is. in this Extraordinary movie. She is so incredible. Good. good acting. This movie is a once-in-a-lifetime event. Well, because she'll never do Gay gavel. She said she would never act again because it was so emotionally taxing. I, I well, mean, and I that the director that. of the film essentially abused her on yes, the set. Yes, oh, 100% too. that happened. Which I guess if we want to open, we don't have to open with that, but... I didn't. I had forgotten about that yeah, when I was watching too. the movie, and it really complicated my whole view on it. Well, I mean, Von Trier tortures everyone. On I just set, feel especially like women. I mm-hmm. I want to like grapple with the text, but just to say because it's the last episode, so I'll never get to say this again. But I think it sets a obviously sets a very poor example that you have to bully your actresses because it's never actors. Right. You have to bully your actresses into submission to get the emotionally volatile and vulnerable performance you want out of them, mm-hmm. which is not true. It certainly adds a combustible element to the film when yeah. it comes to the characters. But uh, I think it's, it's such a really bad example. It does. So just want to put that on the record. No, that's no, that's a good point to bring up that, like, yeah, Bjork was abused mm-hmm. on set. <laughs> it's not great. It is not great. But it, it's not really a but, but just to save us all now that we can talk about it, so we can all talk about it. It's not a but. There's no but to that. Right. Period. But. Period. <laughs> This movie feels like a, not a relic, but like, the fact that this exists and we have Bjork on film giving this performance. It's, it's a, a document. document. Yes. I want to say relic. That's not the right word. Yeah. It's, it's a, a document. document. It, in a way, it feels like a relic mm-hmm. now, but it's still a timeless story of anti-immigration sentiment, mm-hmm. the death penalty, the mirage of the white picket fence in America uh-huh. and the white people behind it. Yep. Yep. The, 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 the invincibility of those people, mm-hmm. the, the moral clarity of those people. And I mm-hmm. love the actress. I recognize her and she's been in so many things. Kara Seymour? No. <laughs> Catherine who, who plays the guard? Oh, oh yeah, she's yeah, yeah. great. Who is she? I can't remember she's her name. She's on Orange is the New Black. Or did I only I think that s- because she was a prison guard? Probably not. Uh-huh. <laughs> She's she's been she's she's like a guest star on like so many TV shows. Yeah. I believe it's Kate Flannery from The Office. Sorry to bring up The Office on our final episode. Wow, Dancer in the Dark only has a sixty-one on Metacritic. Well, people think it's very manipulative. That's not true. About the death penalty and just the way that it asks you to sympathize with Siobhan the woman. Siobhan Fallon Hogan. Oh, I think she was just Siobhan Fallon when the movie came out. Shiv Fallon. Shiv. She's in, she's in fucking... She's pri- in private life. She's in private life. She's in Men something? in Black. She's in Forrest Gump. She's in everything. She's in everything. She's, she's everything. one of those. She's yep. pretty extraordinary in this movie. American Gods, Wayward Pines, Scorpion. She works all she works the time. She, in, she and Beth Grant get drinks every Thursday uh, night. That. She's such a warm presence so, in this film. Yeah, where do we want to start with Dancer in the Dark? Do we want to keep talking about that? Sorry, I, I thought yeah, I had... I, Roger you brought Ebert, up a great point. Just Roger like, Ebert had the right idea. Three and a half. Three and a half out of four. It is a bold, reckless gesture. 
He said something really good. I read his review. Pull it up. Um, I would like to hear it. This movie. I won't even talk. I won't even talk about my okay this emotional is I connection to it. I do want to talk about your emotional okay. connection to it. He said it's rough. in the final paragraph, "It is not a well-made film." In quotes, <laughs> is not in quotes in good taste. In quotes, is not plausible. <laughs> Eber in quotes and. And is not for many people entertaining, <laughs> but it smashes down the walls of habit that surround so many movies. It returns to its wellsprings. It is a bold, reckless gesture. And since Bjork has announced she will never make another movie, it is a good thing she sings. That's the end of the review. There you go. That's God, good. That's Ebert. Ebert. Sometimes Ebert really does it. And really other times rip. it gives knowing a four-star review. Uh, yes, I, I still... sat in my seat ready to cheer or boo when I had made up my mind. <laughs> About watching this movie? Yeah, because it was at Cannes, and that's what they do. Oh. Can. So I guess uh, I'll start. Now that we haven't been talking about it, there's a bug on the kitchen counter. The bugs are. That's where I'd like to start. And, and oh, the, 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 the bugs, the bugs that have come from the front yard in David Lynch's Blue Velvet, because they know that we have summoned them to talk about the myth mm-hmm. of America. But uh, I love the musical numbers in this movie, especially the first. So fun. It's fun, but the way that it's shot, like, the camera's never in the right place. Like, according to, like, traditional architecture around musical numbers. Mm -hmm. The choreography is fairly standard. It's Mm -hmm. really fun. They're dancing around the factory. They're banging pots and pans. And it is very Umbrellas of Sherbrooke. Extremely, extremely. obviously why Catherine Deneuve is in this movie. And when she sings, especially, it's like Mm -hmm. she sings the exact, like, the talk singing. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, But the the everyday scenario is being Mm -hmm. enlivened and lifted up by the presence of musicality, right? Mm -hmm. But uh, I, I love just La La Land. There's something I love. I just was having a conversation <laughs> with someone about this last night. Love La La Land. Um, I just love the way it's shot. It, it it's mm-hmm. uh it's a disruption to the idea of the um, ecstatic escape of a movie musical, yeah. and yet reinforces it even more so by abandoning the geography of yeah. where, the, where the camera's supposed to go. Yeah, that's a really good point. There are, they shot it with multiple cameras for the right. musical sequences. I heard a hundred cameras. That's what the wiki. That's claims. what it says. That's what yeah. the wiki God. claims. A hundred cameras for the musical sequences, which is wow. very cool. Very cool. The very musical cool, sequence zero. I want to speak on, just briefly. This the is next the, to last song. This is the one point I wanted to make. Was yeah, the second to last was the second to last song. When the color, the second to last, the colors. The one when she's executed. Oh, she's in the cell. And oh no, that's oh I'm talking about. The song, the second to last song. Oh, no, no, no. This is, I guess, the third, number song. The third, not the, the number song, the one before that. The she's, gospel song? No, she's in the cell. Yes. The color still pops like we're entering the fantastical mode, yeah. but we just get her fucking cry singing into a vent. Yeah. yeah. And it is the most upsetting thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Mm-hmm. She's singing, um, yeah, Climb Every Mountain. Right? Yeah. Is she? Something from the sound. Sa- I, I Something think, no, from no, no, the sound no. of music. She is singing My yeah. Favorite Things. My Favorite Things. Okay. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, My Favorite Things. And she's just singing it into the vent because the the cell is too quiet and there she, are no she, sounds she, she for needs her to conjure music. something. Right. And all she gets is the little like wind breeze from the vent. But the fact that it still goes to the color, like we're getting a fantastical it's moment. Devastating. Yeah. It's it devastating. It's devastating. And then it ends because Siobhan Fallon Hogan comes back and it's right. like, 
it's time. <laughs> like, or, or like, go to bed. Something yeah. like that. She interrupts yeah. it. And it, you're not used to seeing, like, there's uh, a musical number earlier where she's taken away by the police. But the police are the people for her to take a leap of faith, or like to do like the trust fall and yeah. the choreography onto. Yeah. As the movie goes on, the choreography reflects reality more directly. Yeah. But it's still tied up in the fantastical mode that and you And it continues to break but down. But I believe that's the first time that just a regular person interrupts it like that without taking on some sort of, you know, ribbon dancing or, yeah. or extreme gesture. Um, and it's gutting. Yeah. And that... then the scene where she counts the 107 steps to go to the gallows. Yeah. And she stops into every cell and like hugs all of the prisoners on mm-hmm. death row. I mean, I just think it's gutting and tremendous and so beautiful. And yeah. I just, I really just think this is one of the smartest movies I've ever seen in terms of its commentary on America. Yeah. Um, she, it's very Von Trier to punish the innocent, mm-hmm. but when she gets caught in the gears of the criminal justice system in America, which even though this takes place in 1960s America, it feels reminiscent of 2019. Mm-hmm. Like, 15 years after this movie came or 18 years after this movie came out, it then it goes beyond punishment, yeah. in my opinion. It becomes about punishment. Yeah. Um, and uh, for that reason, I just think it's an incredible document. And it's just... It's an, a document. Uh, I love the way that it uh, comments on the American musical and that it's like... The, the musical, as we understand it, is one of like the American genres, and it is about explicitly. It is about In America as hope and as a beacon mm-hmm. of hope of is good a thing for a woman like me to it have. It is, but I have it, and it is about the the good of America and building something. And most musicals are about putting on a show, which is building America. It's a metaphor. It's a metaphor, and it's a metaphor. This movie just sort of deconstruct that myth that the mu- like quite explicitly that the musical is an object of hope. Yes. And the way that she as a character loves musicals, but the musical of her life is not a hopeful musical. I th- I I would counter only to say that the musical of her life is a hopeful moment. Ooh. It's a, is is a hopeful expression of her desires up to a point. Right. Where to what you're saying, the musical genre is used to express the limitations of hope mm-hmm. in America. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the limitations of the American dream. Yes, that's right. Yeah. And then I think it's also a really good expression of the way that uh capitalism makes working people pit against each other. Absolutely. And the way that these two families essentially should be working together. And they are until money is until brought into it. the the people that are very slightly one cast above feel that they can exploit someone else. Exactly. Yep. And need to. And do it brazenly without mm-hmm. apology. Mm-hmm. He's telling her to her face, like he takes advantage of her one, because she's blind mm-hmm. two because she's an immigrant mm-hmm. three, because she's poorer than them and four, because she's non-white. Mm-hmm. Right. Like not necessarily in that order. Right. Um, he knows that his status as a police officer and, and because she's single, and because she's single. Yeah, great point. He knows that no matter what he's... He can say that she is an alien from outer space and the Kennedy administration will shoot her in a rocket to the moon. You know, yeah. like, he has that power over her. Yeah. And he knowingly exploits it. Mm-hmm. And that's what's so damning about that relationship, especially in the way that Von Trier just, like, 
agonizingly builds their friendship. Yeah. Which seems to be an escape for both of them from the monotony I totally and pain didn't of their day to day. This movie was going. And like I knew I knew that it ends with spoiler alert, her death. <laughs> I knew that too, but yeah, me too. Um, you didn't know how she got there. I didn't know how we get to that point at all. I like really didn't know. What I this thought she movie was going to accidentally kill somebody in the factory. Mm. Oh. That's what I thought was going to happen. I like thought, in yeah. Days of Heaven. Yeah. I thought That's clearly but, yeah. her money is going to go away somehow, and she's going to kill herself. That's what I thought was going to oh, happen. Oh, interesting. No, she gets hanged. Yeah, I thought because I had seen the image of her hanging before. Oh yikes! And I thought she hung herself i didn't realize that was a prison that's mm-hmm. one of the most distressing images i've ever seen in a movie mm-hmm. and then they just close the curtain on it and which is like a musical which the is musical like it is over well, not just that but and the, then that quote comes no, up mm-hmm. yeah, but yes that too but bjork says earlier in the film selma says when i was a kid in czechoslovakia and i would go to the films i would always leave at the next to last song yes. because that way the musical never ended mm-hmm. it would just go on and on and on yes yeah and she's like, I hated, I never wanted to see that final image where the camera pulls through the roof yeah. and we leave our characters Oof. and their circumstance. And the movie, at first, when I watched that, I'm like, I know she dies at the end of this movie. So are we going to be denied that moment? Mm-hmm. If we do that moment, isn't that disingenuous to her? Is that really cynical? Like, what exactly is going to happen? And then when he does it, I realize, like, no, Selma never sees it because she's dead. So, but, but we pull but, through the roof. But the movie must continue. Yeah. Because the movie does end at a certain right. point. The movie has to. The movie has, just like your life has to end. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, uh, God damn it, on the last episode, I'm forgetting the word I'm looking for. I'll just say schematics, even though that's not what I mean. But the schematics of the musical, like the schematics of film, the schematics of life, by extension, like must continue to their logical conclusion. Yeah. Which uh, feels pitiless and totally punishing, but... Them's the breaks, kids. Yeah. I'm so glad that I switched. Because I was going to do Pink Flamingos, which is a movie that I wish I'd seen. But then all three of our movies wouldn't be about pain. True. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> this was a bleak But then, yeah, then I rewatched no, Melancholia a couple weeks ago, and I was like, oh, I really, I have to watch Dance from the Dark right I now. I've wanted to see that movie since I was like 14 years old, so mm. I'm glad to do it. I've been, I chased all of these movies except for AI because I had to finish, I actually didn't, I watched most of it last night mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm in the process of moving at my house. People are moving in, people are moving out. So I'm like, people are coming to take measurements of the room tomorrow and there's shit that needs to be done and yeah. it's 1230 at night. So I had to pause it, but, and finish it this morning. But the other two movies, I had to chase it with succession. And when succession is your chaser yeah. to make you feel better, it says something it's about a dark the moment that we watched this It's a week. dark time. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, oh, Dancer in the Dark. Great film, though. It is a great film. Yeah. Saw it in high school. Probably. That's fucked up. Yeah. I, I mean, loved it in high school. I watched Breaking the Waves in high school. I, I watched Which is not quite as bleak, but... I think. No, no, no. I couldn't have... No, no. That was in college. 2011. So I've never... I didn't watch Yvonne Trier in high school. Mm. I watched this movie multiple times in high school. Wow. What is wrong with you? That's like me with Wings of Desire, <laughs> where looking back, it's just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? I watched it because the the, the boy I had a crush on, who I've spoken on mm. about on length didn't on this podcast. Didn't you just get married? No. no and I'm not bullying you the way that That was a different did. one. Yeah. Um, no, this oh. was the actually gay one. Um, oh, that one. He loved Bjork. He loved Dancer in the Dark. So I also I like, got I, into Bjork because of a guy in high school. Yeah, so I had I had to watch Dancer the in the Dark. The Libertarian. I got into and then we watched it together. Oh, girl. In like a group. In a group? 
We were a weird. Friday night. A we group were... of teens watching Dancer in the Dark. That's art. I feel like my version of this We was... were weird. That's I, good. I think <laughs> my I version of And then we bounced on the trampoline in the backyard oh. with the mosquitoes. Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf was maybe my painful high school movie. I watched that a lot, too. High school. I watched that a lot in high yeah, school. Yeah, Dancer in the Dark is like burned in my brain. That scene of her bashing his head in with the yeah. safety yeah, deposit box burned in my brain. How could you forget that? <laughs> Literally, how? It's I watched it when I was, image. what, 15? Yeah. Fucked up. <laughs> it's pretty fucked up. It's like how I have Emily Watson in the pew, holding on to the pew. God, God, are you there? It's me, Emily Watson. Answer me prayers. Not Samantha Morton? Just kidding. Oh. For a long time, I got Samantha Morton mixed up with Emily Watson. Oh, Same. interesting. I have some good goss on Emily Watson, but I'm I cannot say it on the podcast. I cannot say it on the podcast. That's fucked up. It's positive gossip. Oh, That's great. fucked up. It's, so it's about great. how great she is, but I can't, I can't share it on the podcast. So. Shall we so, do our ranking so, well, now? Well, I'm in charge this okay. week. Okay. I'm in charge this week. We're all in charge. Keep in mind, you're the captain now and forever, but I am in charge this week. I loved going into this knowing that I was going to be in charge because I could just draw this out because that's what I always do. So sure. I have to recheck my on. ranking to make sure it's what I enjoy. Oh, All right, well, okay. So yeah. that that those are the last movies we'll ever talk about on the podcast. <gasps> okay, I left something out on my ranking that I'm going to get yelled at for, but you know that's what? Okay. Fuck it. Live your life. Okay. Fuck it. Live Fuck your it. life. Well, let let's just do a premature. Uh, thank you for listening to us talk about. We've, we're, we'll never, I mean, we'll probably talk about 10 more movies before the episode's over, but like, True. that's it. This is it. That's, that's it. it. Those were all the movies we've discussed. All 369 of them. That includes these three? Again, that is 369, wink, including these nice. three. Nice. Nice. Yeah. And that doesn't include tangents. I didn't listen to all the episodes uh-huh. to figure this out. These right, are but this was a, a based official homework plus new release and plus, are, I'm probably best of year and I'm probably, list. Yes, and I'm probably missing some stuff. So it probably is above 370, mm. but I counted 360. Great. Does that include like the Academy Award years we did? It includes like our foreign language films conversation. Like The Insult <laughs> is one of those 369 mm, films. Hell yeah. Yes. The the oh my God. Oh my God. Electric Hard Rock. Getting ready for the trial. The Insult. In her shoes. What are you, Jack Black? My least favorite movie is probably In Her Shoes. You think that oh, well, that we've discussed. Then you didn't even finish the movie. Yes, I did. That's when I watched. I all thought you. No, 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 no. My least favorite. You movie. fast forwarded it or something. Oh, we should have no, done. I, no, I watched all of it. Okay, okay. Sorry. We should have done the Razzie, the Razzie Awards of our least favorite movies there, we've discussed. No, but I'm glad that we're keeping it positive. Because yes. we just we're, gonna, we're negative. Remember when we talked about, talk about the our... net? <laughs> Good <laughs> movie. One of Guillermo del Toro's favorite movies, isn't yep. it? Didn't yeah, you tweet about that recently? Good movie. Like, if you want to watch a, if you watch on the thriller, <laughs> and what you want to see a commentary that's both contemporary and present. Remember when she orders pizza, pizza by going to pizza.net? Pizza.net. Pizza.net. I'm going to go there right now. Pizza.net. Pizza.net. Okay, let's see what pulls up. I'm going to get a virus. Probably. Nothing's happening. sent on a paranoid Oh, site can't be reached. Oh. Yo. Someone get that domain yo. and put Sandra Bullock's face. Yo, yo, yo. <laughs> All right. Can I read my list? All right. Wait. Let me oh. let me reiterate the rules. Oh, okay. So we're now each going to share our top 10 lists of films that were new to us 
not including new releases, mm-hmm. films that were new to us for the podcast that we are most thankful to have watched that we love the most. It can be really whatever direction we all took it in. Yeah. But movies that we watched because of the podcast that we've never seen mm-hmm. before. These are our top tens. Whew. This is so structured. It is structured. Whew. Here we go. All right, I'm ready. Hold on, let me get my list open so I can make a little note for all the I'm nervous about my list. I'm going to get yelled at. All right, I'm ready. Number 10. Oh my God. This is Ben. Okay. You have to you have to specify because like one of the first notes we got about this podcast is I cannot tell your voice. That was on episode these, three. All these faggots. <laughs> Number ten, Marvin Kalar. Oh fuck ah, yeah! Bitch. That almost made my uh, list. Happy to hear that. That's a good one. I bet that's Daniel's number one. Number nine. Muriel's wedding. Oh, we got surprises. Is coming that the tonight. one I was supposed to be gagged at? Uh-huh. I'm gagged. I'm gagged. Consider me gagged. Justice for Rachel Griffiths. If you ever are feeling stressed out or hopeless, just look in the sky and you will see amongst the clouds and Rachel Griffiths as Brenda Chenoweth. Uh, and everything yeah. will be okay. That's Number a good one. Eight. That is really good. The Holy Girl. You Ooh. love The Holy Girl. The Holy Girl. You love The I Holy do. Girl. That's good. And as, That's in honor of Joker. Yes, in honor of Joker, The Holy Girl. Yeah. <laughs> Number seven, Basic Instinct. Very nice. Oh, had you not seen it before? I had not seen that before. Oh, I should have included that. That was one that I forgot we talked about until I was going through the, mm-hmm. the That's a good one. Number six, Fear Drake. Ah! I was gonna... I can't see that! That's Vera like my Drake. number 11. Bitch, you don't know about my oh. list? Oh, s- what? Okay, go ahead. Number okay, f- I told you my list was gonna be controversial. Like, Num- number 10, the net. <laughs> number five... That girl. Yes. That, oh, that's fuck my, yeah. That's my number 11. It's literally my number 11. That's a good That's one. the one where I said you would be gagged at the one that is that high. That's that. It's a good ass movie. Do you remember that episode when we, when I got very upset and- uh, That I was making jokes? Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember that. that was Fat Girl is one of the funniest episode. movies I've ever seen. Oh, you were upset that because it, it's not funny. No, it is funny, but I don't think that the moment when that, that motherfucker goes through the windshield and fucking uh, kills everyone, so funny. I don't think I, I don't think I said I don't think I said that that's not funny. I think I said yes, it's funny, and it also illustrates something else. You were, it does both. You were just mad that we didn't like eighth grade. I've literally, I mean, there never are, forget. There are episodes never now forget. that I have. Oh, we should rank to. our favorite episodes. We should rank our favorite episodes. <laughs> I mean, eighth grade would be my, my number one. Uh. Only because I've never felt so alive. Because your hair was on fire. <laughs> but I've never listened to that episode. Number four. All right. Heat. you never seen Heat? I've never seen Heat You've never seen Heat? Oh, he's got a great ass. I've never seen Heat either. What? Yeah, Heat. It's not on my list, though. Heat. Well, I forgot about Heat. Wow. Good. Good. Number three. Oh, God. Which would be higher if I had watched it again since we watched it for the podcast, okay. I think. But I haven't watched it. Uh, Barry Lipton. Barney Lipton. Barney Lipton. Which will be Linda's Halloween costume. Ah! Barry Linda. Barry Linda! Barry Linda. Oh my god, which era of Barry? I don't don't know. I think I will. With a wig. I think I ruined Barry. Desecrated Barry. Interesting. Interesting. Legless Barry. Oh, fuck. (laughs) Number two, which I think you guys will be a little, maybe a little surprised. Okay. Aguirre, the Wrath of God. Oh, good one. Fantastic. Number two. So I did not include Aguirre on the list. Oh, you didn't. So that's 370. Oh. 
This is what I'm saying. If you look at the list, it's pro- there's probably more than 369. Look at the list. Because we did no, talk about it with no. Lucretia. I know, I know. Let's just say... But we had so many... Go ahead. Yeah. Let's just say 369 because it's better. And because yeah, it ends it is, in 69. It's sexier. But it, know that it's... it's uh, Guys, you didn't hear that we missed one. It's 369 <laughs> well, is the total. For the Zama homework, if you look at our spreadsheet, we had a spreadsheet... We have. Oh, we were going to leak films. the spreadsheet. Oh. We were going to do all of the there was Martell like, inspirations yes, and film comments. There were four movies that she referenced in yeah. film comment that So Aguirre was never really actually homework. But we all watched but it. it well, but we, we all watched it anyway. I think we just didn't watch the other homeworks, but we all watched Aguirre. I have something on my list that I think falls under the exact same. Uh, uh, I'm sticking with 369 because uh, it's hot. Aguirre. Right. And then number one. Of course. Of course. What is it? Jean Commerce oh, <laughs> Can't believe that I watched that for the first time about two years ago. I, it's I such know, a part same. Of I feel the same way. You know? I feel the exact same way. Our second episode on Faces Places. Uh-huh. Fuck it. Okay. Shall I go? Do it. Okay. Do I think my list is incredibly predictable. Great. Great. <laughs> my number 10. Is the Bridges of Madison County? Oh, fuck yeah! Fuck yeah! Fuck yeah. Simply Shit the best. Yeah. Simply the best. Need it. Love Simply it. The best Want it. MP3. Okay, this is controversial. Number nine is Clute. Hell oh. yeah! I did a last episode inclusion. Nice. I love that. That's like including a 2019 film on Best of the Decade. Yeah, oh, which I'm gosh. doing. Parasite. Parasite. Um, it's gonna make it. Number wait. eight, Lee Chang Dong's. Secret Sunshine. Oh, that's a good... Fuck. I thought I yes. considered it. I had to. Yeah, it was close. Number seven, Agnes Varda's The Cleaners and I. Nice. Good good call. We did that? Which technically was homework because we went to the American Cinematheque mm. before that our counted. faces played. That that's counted. Right. That counted. That counted. That's my controversial inclusion. But Fair. I'm including it. That's good. Number six, Blood and Black Lace. Oh, nice. Ooh. I never watched it. You have to that watch Blood and Black Lace. That was one I didn't watch. That's a good one of the movies that is most drunk on being a movie I've ever mm. seen. So yeah, good. I gotta watch it. Mm. Number five, mm. Dead Man. Oh, by Jim Jarmusch. I that's, uh, I wanted to include it, but there was no room. Another number four, another movie you wanted to include, but there was no room. Vera Drake. Nice. Hell yeah. Number three, Malcolm X. Oh. Yep, that's another one I wanted to include. Number two. Morphin Collar. Nice. Yeah, you love Morphin Collar. I Morphin love Morphin Collar. Like, maybe yeah. the best movie of that decade. Mm-hmm. Incredible. <sighs> I wish I had room for Morphin Collar. And number one is Jean Dielman. Jean Dielman. Jean Dielman, number one. Okay. I'm excited for what you claim is a controversial yeah. list. What's going on? I don't know. It's a little weird. All right. Number 10, Secret Sunshine. Hell yeah. Bitch, I see you. Number nine, I've got double Lee Chang Dong. Number nine is poetry. Nice. <laughs> I've got double Lee That's Chang Dong. Right. If I had not seen poetry, yes. that would be on the list. Poetry I mean, poetry is like that was last decade, right? No. It's just, oh, that's that's a decade. 2010 movie. Okay, so that's in contention. Uh-huh. Double Lee Chang Dong. Oh yeah, that's on your list. Sea Sunshine is eligible if you're looking at U.S. release. Okay, well that gives me a lot of soul searching to do because that means that it'll be in my top five. Wait, is Secret Sunshine best? Secret Sunshine came out in the U.S. after Poetry because Poetry. That's when the movie came out. That's when, but the movie. It was one of the. It was like 
it was like uh, Tom at the farm. Yeah. You know? Playing it out fast. Where it's like, where it's suddenly I, this director's hot, and so here's this other movie that we I'm forgot. I think I'm going to get raked through the coals if I have Secret Sunshine Possible. on my best of the decade list. Possible. Yeah. Like more than Twin Peaks through it. Why does Google say it's rated NC-17? Secret well, Sunshine? Yeah. Well, it's a pretty upsetting movie. Yeah, it's very disturbing. Double feature with AI. Oh, yeah. Wait. On IMDb, it says... December twenty December twenty second twenty ten USA. Yeah, I, I can't See? do I can't do it. I can't do it. Wow. I'm gonna think about it. That's I'm gonna crazy. think about it. All right. Number eight, Maurice. Oh, oh fuck yeah. Very Thank nice. You. Uh, number seven, Nashville. Bitch. Nice. Why is this go. controversial? None of this is controversial yet. They're just movies you had not seen. <laughs> Let me interject real quick. <laughs> the only controversy is double Lee Chang Dong. I feel annoying that I'm interjecting on literally every single one of your movies, but my biggest regret on this podcast is that like we talked about my favorite director so many times. Robert like Robert Altman, I sleep next to a poster of him, Cape and Mrs. Miller. I mm-hmm. worship the ground he walks on. Mm-hmm. We talked about Gosford Park earlier tonight. Mm-hmm. But I was either missing I was like missing from episodes. I was mm. gone from the Nashville episode. Yeah. And then I never had time to rewatch like Shortcuts. Right. Or uh, Long Goodbye. I think I did rewatch Three Women beforehand, but like yeah. I, I feel such, I carry such shame. Such shame. I carry such shame. It's okay. Um, number seven, Nashville. Okay. Speaking okay. of. Sure. Party. Number six, Paris is Burning. Oh, mm, nice. Burning. Thank you. Number five, Twin Peaks Fire Walk with me. Mm. Very nice. Thank you. It's a good list. Number four, Goodfellas. Mm. My list is good because I haven't seen a lot of things. <laughs> These are all master pluses. Matt, I love a master plus. Number three, Rebecca. Oh, I almost yeah. put Rebecca on my list. I had not seen Rebecca oh. or Brief Encounter, oh. which are the movies oh, we talked fuck. about. Oh, fuck. I know, which we talked about for fans. Brief Encounter is like one of my favorite movies of all time. I know. I know. I, I Honorable mention. Rebecca yeah. slash Brief Encounter. Those two and Fat Girl are my main runners up. <laughs> Okay, number two, Tokyo Story. Oh, fuck. Oh, I yeah. feel. I, why did I not include Tokyo, Tokyo Story? Good, good call. And number one, Albert Knobs. There you go. Oh, yes. <laughs> Albert Knobs. <laughs> Jean Dielman, number one. Dump your jugs. Oh, dump those jugs. Dump those Jeans. We all dumped dump our Jeans at number we all one. Jump, jumped our Jeans. Guys, we, our we've concluded our 100 episode long bit of by. Jean con- Dielman. By making by Jean individually Dil- <laughs> coming to the same conclusion, which is that Jean Dielman is the is best God, mama, is the <laughs> number two greatest film of all time on my list, behind Godfather or and the Woman Under the Influence. Oh, duh. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Woman Under the Influence. <sighs> wow, we wow. did it! What a moment! What a moment! <sighs> well, we've been going for two hours and three minutes. Well, we got. 46 minutes to go if we're doing we're It doing Chapter it, 2 runtime. It rules apply. We have an hour and 17 to hit John Dielman length. Here did, we go. We actually did hit John Dielman length, though, didn't we? At On our point? best of episode? I think so. I think so. I think so. Some yeah, of close. you. The episode that ended with me saying, like, thank you so much for listening. It's really great. And Ben stared at me and went, do you have to be so <laughs> earnest? <laughs> I've been dreading. I've been dreading this moment because I'm going to have to be earnest. Ooh, do it. I'm thrilled you're going to be earnest because I was scared that like we were all going to be so walls up that we weren't actually going to get to like do it. I mean, my walls are things. up. Are you going to be earnest? <laughs> no. Oh. I'm going to let you guys do it. No, you have to. I mean, you can't tell Ben to do anything because then he won't do it. But, it's true. But maybe you shouldn't be sincere or earnest. 
Well, we talked at length about my intimacy issues in therapy today, so I think I'm done with that. I think that I think that's fair. I'm I clocked that's out fair. for the day. Mm-hmm. Um, my therapist wow. references his children for the first time in therapy today. Did you know that your therapist had children? He okay. When I yes, children. Yes, when I brought up sex. One time we were talking about Claire Denis <laughs> therapy. Has I brought he up, seen Claire Denis? No, but you're saying what? It, but I brought up high to. life, and that I I reference it's about a guy and his child, and so he asked me, is it a appropriate for children and i was i was like no not at all but so like i had an inkling that he had kids yeah but this is the first time i don't remember what he was saying he was just like my kids turned me on to that oh wow. whatever turned we them on to what i don't know play-doh claire Denis? i can't remember no we weren't talking about claire Denis today oh i assumed every day you talked about claire to me i know today my therapist uh this person will never my, maybe my therapist will listen but the other person, the person who, do you guys have someone who comes out of the therapy office before you for your sessions? It's not always the same. I have. I feel like yeah. I'm the only regular Saturday person for my therapist. I have the same yeah, guy same. every time to the point where we say, hey man, nice. hey man, hey man, hey man. Yikes. When he was exiting therapy today, he was gushing to my therapist about American Factory, mm. oh, which I really want to see. Yeah, same. Which I have on high level authority is phenomenal. Like one of the better docs last year at Sundance. Um, and I would like to see it. But they were talking about that on his way out. And I walk in and I'm like, dude, like American Factory is supposed to be great. My friend texted me the other day and was like on Labor Day and said, American Factory really reminded me of Harlan County, USA, which I know that you love. So I was like, so you have to see Harlan County, USA. And I was like giving the recommendation and he pulls out a notebook and he goes, it's called what again? Harlan County. And then he wrote down Harlan County, USA. You've in his changed notebook. lives. Yeah. You changed mm-hmm. the life. Spreading the gospel. Oh my God. I didn't include Which Har- side are you on? Did we watch Harlan County for the podcast? Yes. Yeah. For, I didn't include um, it. For BPM. Oh, that's right. Oh, oh no. yeah. You didn't. Hmm. Interesting. I guess it is a controversial list. Oh no. Speaking of. I also didn't include Schindler's fucking list. I didn't include Schindler's list either. I told you it was controversial. <laughs> I've seen Where it is Schindler's List on your all-time list? Like, of all movies? Every movie. I don't know. Top but 100? It's in the 100. Is E.T. higher? Of course. Is Jurassic Park? No, Jurassic Park no. is lower. Yeah. You don't even like Jurassic Park. No, you I don't even it. like it. I love Jurassic Park. Look at that bug go. There's a bug crawling. The bug is wall. really flying up that all wall. Right, let's wrap oh this goal. up. <laughs> all right. Well, oh, there's uh, another bug. There's, oh, they're mating. Oh, they're fuck. mating. The bugs are fucking. The episode, the, this podcast ended with love. <laughs> Two roaches, oh. star-crossed roaches, climbing. <laughs> is that Proust? What is that? Oh, that's the audacity of hope that oh. they seem to be climbing up. <laughs> Dark. Good dark <laughs> metaphor for the state of our nation. And on that note, I will say stay vigilant, stay strong. No, I don't want it to end. Vote for a socialist. Let's talk about Whichever more one you things. Well, I could keep going. And I mean this with love, but I don't think Ben is going to keep going. So I'm force him to. I when I'm done, I'm done. When he's done, he's done. He's <laughs> clock- that, ben is clocking out. Look at that bug go. Oh, now, now he's on, now he's on a... Uh, uh, he's close to the Fosse book. If I guess Joker, someone didn't if like Fosse Verdon. If Todd Phillips' movie doesn't include... I'm going to kill myself. That's that a good point, but I don't no want the podcast and talking about Joker. Oh, sorry. I so want anyway. And talking about War Dogs. Uh. <laughs> a great film. We have to thank our listeners. Well, I was going to thank our listeners after I said this was... Thank you, listeners. <laughs> We're doing it now. <laughs> This has been another episode of Movies IMO. 
thank you so much for listening. Please rate, review, and subscribe. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts. You can listen to us on Acast. You can listen to us on Stitcher. On Not Spotify, anymore. I'm on Google kidding. Play. Well, all these things are still in perpetuity, as long as we keep paying to have the podcasts up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Venmo. Our hundred episodes you can will be Venmo available. hundred dollars. Our hundred episodes will be available. 2,000 years into the future when right. David Frozen is still... in a helicopter beneath <laughs> the New York City skyline. Yes. That's right. Uh, we will so forever please, be there. Please, please rate us a five-star review on up bear. the Apple Podcast. And tell us, if you were trapped in a helicopter beneath the frozen sea under the New York skyline, who do you wish you were stuck with? That bear. Which bear do you oh. wish you were stuck with? No, tell us what your favorite Movies IMO episode is. Bloop. Oh. Yeah. Eighth grade. <laughs> Probably. Suspiria. Well, people people haven't <laughs> The one where Ben was like, gotta go. No, no Daniel. I said gotta go. Whatever. I, I said it gotta out. go because Ben said that I hurt his feelings. <laughs> <laughs> and it ends with love. And I did go. I listened to Slater Kenny's Love on my way over here. Good song. Great song, but I was listening to it. I was I was listening to Center Won't Hold. And I skipped two songs so Love could be the last song I listened to on the way here, which Love is beautiful. It is a song about the formation of the band and the career and how they changed each other and how at the end of the day realized it was love. Wow. And I was like, is it somewhat self-aggrandizing to say that our podcast is on the same level as Slater Kenny? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. No, I think but also, the same yes. level of fandom. Same, same level of, same level of fame. Sure. For sure. Totally. Hell yeah. Cause there's nothing more frightening and nothing more I've seen than a well-worn body demanding to be seen. Fuck. Anyway, Thank you. Uh, yeah, so leave us that review. Did we talk about Lana Del Rey's album on this podcast? We talked about it a little bit last week, but there's more to talk about now. But... Second best album of the year. Thank you. And the first is Sharon? No. The it... first is Homecoming. Oh. That you, doesn't count. Some of you don't think it counts. I'm with... Some of you. I'm with... Some of you. Living once more rent-free on his birthday, Matters Bomber. I can't count it. No! I can't count. It, it. counts. It's an album. It it's should, an album it, that was released. I'm with of, of new recordings, yes. But can you include a soundtrack on your best of the year list? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's on my best movies of the year list. And when it, it comes also is an album. Se- for some reason, like I have a tough time with live music being like Slater Kinney Live in Paris, nowhere near my top ten that year. Because I guess when I'm building my albums of the year, I'm looking for things that stirred me in 100% new ways which I know you guys could both say well Homecoming stirred me it did but not in 100% it's impossible because you already knew the songs not in this way I know I'm making a bad argument but I can't include it for that reason I don't listen to music that's true it doesn't matter so the rules don't apply except for the Taylor Swift article it's true the Swifties came after you the Swifties were like you don't like lover me the Swifties are like you like her old stuff they're like, like I've never heard Fearless. Fuck you. They're literally 12 years old yelling at me to kill myself. <laughs> Same. Uh, I love the innocence. Same. Um, My name is Daniel Crook. Oh. Thank you for listening. I was going to talk about Lana. You can find me on Twitter. You can find me on the internet. At Daniel Crook with three O's. And I am so humbled by this. Oh. I'm Brandon Kirby. You can find me on Twitter at BK Kirby. <laughs> I'm private now, so which I love. Request which to I follow fully me. Support. <laughs> Request me, bitch. Mm. Thank you. 
I'm Ben MB. You can follow me on Twitter at Todd Haynes Vivo. <laughs> it's still funny. Vivo. Vivo. So, um. I'm hemorrhaging followers. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Ever I, since going private, everyone's like, this bitch. Well, I, I would say my, <laughs> big, my biggest fear about the podcast was that our Twitter account for the podcast would get more followers than my personal account. Never happened. And it almost happened, oh. but it didn't happen. By 300 followers. Guys, follow us so it does happen. That's, I think that fine. I think that the Movies IMO podcast has more followers than my new account. Well, that's good. You're starting from scratch. I'm starting, starting over. Fresh. Had to start over after you got canceled for threatening Newt Gingrich's life. Well, fuck that he guy. Hope it. he dies. <laughs> oh, I can't say. See, that. you're allowed to say. I can't say that one. You are allowed to say. I hope he dies. What you're not allowed to say is, "I will kill." you. I will you. kill you, Newt Gingrich. Oh, because I hope he dies is not a threat. It's a wish. It's a, it's a death it's a wish. It's, it's a death wish. Yeah. It's I hope he dies. A death threat. Someday. Soon. Which we all will. Soon. <laughs> but it's not a threat. Here, uh, let me look at movies I mo. Look it up. Anything to delay the... Yeah, it does have more followers than I am. Fuck. For Love. now. Let's just play the du- full duration of Lana Del Rey's new album. Great. And we'll end it with her best Love. album. I'm ready to say it. That I'm will 100 her best. That album. will get us to the it length of this episode. I've been trying to. Re- I've been re-listening reach. to Ultraviolence. Um, and I, Norman I, fucking Rockwell is her best album. I'm ready to accept that fact. I agree with that. It. It's stunning. It's so, stunning. Linda. I guess we have to. Shift gears into the ending here, the the grand finale. No, I think that we have to. Linda, Linda did not exist in my home. <laughs> Linda wasn't here. Oh, I'll tell you my Put a mic up. To Can I tell you my favorite movies I'm on episode? Yeah, yeah, sure. I'll tell you what it is. I'll I'll tell you mine too. I can't believe that Linda is doing this to you. Ben, she, ben is avoiding me emotions. and her have bonded because I brought her cousin here. It's true. <laughs> yes, Queen. Look at yes, Mama. Wait, what's your favorite movie? What's your favorite episode? episode? Oh, right in your ear. Um, Star Wars: The Last Jedi. Oh, that was a. Fun that one. was that just was so pure, fun. unadulterated joy. That was a joy. We were to on record. the cusp of the holiday break. Can we? We were in a laughing fit over porg Porgs. puns. Yes. That was a good one. Three. We were alive. That was a. We were second alive. runner up is the post. Those where we lost our minds. Up. So. uh I think that if we can get into some narrative that is like totally up our own ass, but like, fuck off. That's the last episode. Joker mm-hmm. just won the golden line. We can have fun. We can do whatever we want. I think that the Star Wars episode was sort of like the turning point in the podcast that gave us permission to like have fun. Mm. Yes. Cause we were like, we have to be serious. Well, we have my, to. my joke is that for the first 10 episodes, we were Henry Hill and Goodfellas when they open the door and he's in the suit and he's like, look at me, Ma, like I'm a professional businessman. Yeah. And then from then on, we were Henry wow. Hill and Joe Pesci in the Latin. Copa being like, ah! Yes. Like, that is the before and after of that episode. Yeah. That's fun. That's when we pivoted That's to fun. fun. We pivoted to fun. I love a pivot to fun. I'm pivoting. Like Lana Del Rey back. pivoted to fun when she had Jack Antonoff on oh. as the producer for Norman fucking Rockwell. Ooh, Venice, bitch. Thank Did you guys see kiss, my kiss. video? No. With Elmo dancing? Yes. To Venice Pitch? I didn't see. Very good. I'll have to check it out. Well. My favorite episode of the podcast, and I know, I don't know if Ben's going to give one, but eighth I'll give grade. one. It's eighth grade. No. Can You Ever Forgive Me is my favorite episode. Ooh. I don't even podcast. remember what happened. Listen to it, because 
There, Listen. We all, we were all touched by that film so deeply we that were. we were just like friends for an hour and a half. Ugh, that is sweet. It was wonderful. We were wonderful. enjoying friendship. We were enjoying, I also was enjoying friendship. Wow. I'll have to re-listen to that one. I also, like, I was listening, I was proofing the episode while I was walking through Chelsea between Q&As at mm. New Fest, the Queer Festi- Film Festival in New York. Like, down, like I had been to Julius. Like I felt very, like, in the milieu. But I was just very moved by our conversation. Listening back to it, I was very moved by the conversation. Love that. Back when I would listen to the episodes for content. And I'm like, publish. Now, now I'm like Meryl in the Post. Let's, let's go. Let, let's do it. Let's, let's go. go. Ben, what's I your favorite? truly don't remember any of the episodes <laughs> that we've recorded on this show. This one's your favorite. Yeah. Because it's one. ending. Oh. Are you <laughs> looking? Kidding. Are you on Twitter right now? No, I'm on the oh, podcast app. I'm, I'm like, looking. Fuck you. I'm scrolling through our list of episodes <laughs> to see if any of them jump out at me. As He's being... like, I don't remember doing I any in, of this when shit. I, when I was tabulating our complete list of films discussed, I forgot films that we covered. I forgot we did. Linda. Linda is playing with my oh. shoe. Linda. Ah, the final episode. Linda's finally. I had a lot of fun with the Lean on Pete episode. That was a good time. That was a good episode. That's a a fun one. Mm. That was a good one. Because it was the War Horse episode. That was the War Horse episode. Mm, Joey. Mm. Right on, Joey. Right on. Right on. Let me slap your ass, Joey. (laughs) (laughs) I'll give you a good pat. I'll give you a carrot. I'll give you a sugar cube. I'll give you my carrot. Oh, Joey, walk on. Walk on, Jamie. You plow that field. Plow me. The Amy Adams episode was pretty good. The Amy Adams episode was good. That was good. That was a I one. forgot that we did four weeks in a row mm. of Glenn Close, Amy Adams, Beyonce, Sons Brandon, and Sissy's Basic. Yep. That like we just did actresses for a moment. Oh. My number one is Coal Miner's Daughter. Uh, just kidding. <laughs> don't love that movie. No. Not great. Coal Miner's I will say... I'm very appreciative. I hesitate to call it the work that we did here, but doing this show, I'm of course extremely the thankful. Hard labor. The hard Joey labor, plow- the plowing of the field. A lot of plowing. Oh, lot Joey of did plowing. a lot of plowing. But I think I will credit this podcast forever and just helping me like talk about movies and like sharpen my perspective on them. Good. I appreciate the work we did on that level selfishly. Good. This no, is divorced good. of how extremely thankful I am for all of the people who listen to it. I hope we all got something out of it, and I hope our listeners all got something out of I it. I know. I always wonder if they if they're getting their money's worth. I wonder if they're even listening at this point. I feel like because it's no, the last are. episode, all the people. I remember when we first when we got our first Apple report on the podcast about how many like listeners we were getting, and mm-hmm. the the best part of that report was. What's the average length that people listen to in the podcast? Yeah. And this was back when the podcast was like 60, 70 minutes, and it was like 39 minutes. Mm. Well, yeah, a lot of people. But our loyal fans listen to the bitter end. That's right. The bitter end. I still don't like fans. Like, our listeners. Listener. What did I say? Fans? I call them Our fans faggot too. fans. I call them our stands. I call them our stands. They are stands. Please stalk stands. us. Please fly to LA and stalk us. But thank you. Please continue. We'll still be on the Twitter. We're still until around. Until we give it up. If you see us at Akbar. Until death. Yeah, we are us. around. We're and very available. The movie's IMO account isn't going anywhere no, fast we're, we're chillin'. either. We're chilling. It's chilling. We just want to have this weekly fireside chat. Yeah. But we're around. We're in, we're flesh and blood humans. We're not going away. Unfortunately, the podcast is. Wish I was. <laughs> <laughs> Wish I was dying. Let's get you a police helicopter down to the bottom of the Hudson. The bottom of the ocean. 
But I mean, thank you so but much. But we're very happy um, to have had this experience. And we're very happy to have shared this time together. Aww. I would like to quote my, my three-year-old nephew, Grant. I when, love the show, as he once said. When we went to Disneyland, not the most recent time, but the time before, and my dad, his grandfather, took him to the bathroom and was wiping his butt. Okay. And Grant said, it's so nice we get to spend this time together. <laughs> <laughs> That's some shit I would have said oh, when I was a little so kid. Good. It's so nice we get to spend Grant. this time together. It's so nice this we get to spend this time together. Poop. Yeah, so thank you for everyone for spending this time together. Uh-huh. It has been mm. uh, wonderful. As we are wiping your poopy butts. <laughs> so frankly, sometimes it feels like we're wiping our oh. poopy butts. So. Mm-hmm. What the fuck is that? I'm just doing yeah. my voice. I'm oh, doing like oh faux, shit. Like faux intellectual. I should have let yes anded you. Damn you it. You should have. And thank you, didn't. you. You fucked it up. I'm trying to get you to like complete that bit we did that one time. Like, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Yeah, thank you. Uh, you're so welcome. I was talking to Ben, but thank you for that. <laughs> you're oh, welcome for that. You. Well, thank you, Ben. I appreciate that. Ah, uh, you're welcome. Thank you. And thank you to our listeners. Ah, uh, thank you. Forever. You're welcome. The winner is Jane Fonda. Thank you. Thank you very much, members of the Academy, and thank all of you who applauded. There's a great deal to say, and I'm not going to say it tonight. I would just like to really thank you very much. <laughs>